Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that is so Warhammer that our STC dates back to the dark age of uh, just over two years ago. Um, (laughs) I'm your host Matt and joining me as always, a guy when plotting his conversions, people say he's a few harlequins short of a troop, but to us, he's Cameron. How are you doing, mate? I am doing so good oh man i'm really excited for this episode uh <laughs> we we've got to put that out right here now i'm going to be having a having a blast this entire time so i'm sorry i know we've got the explicit tag for a reason i'm sorry if i say words like fucking and thick a lot this episode because <laughs> i'm going to <laughs> put that out there right now <laughs> That is why we have that tag. It's for when yeah. Cameron gets overexcited. <laughs> and we all do. You know, it's the way it happens. You know, we don't wanna we don't mm. wanna curb that enthusiasm. Okay? So yeah, yeah. yeah this is gonna be so pre warned, <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of gushing this episode, particularly oh, in the man. new section. But also the main section yeah. as well, because we're talking about mm. arguably one of our favourite characters, so you are warned. But yes. um but yes. before we get into that, how are you holding up, Cameron, in these crazy times? Uh, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. Uh Aaron and I had our anniversary yesterday, so it's just a bit longer than the podcast. It's been three years, so we're about <laughs> a year behind there. Um and it was nice, uh, looking back on our relationship over this time, coming to terms with it, uh watching School of Rock while eating burgers. Uh, nice. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, it's a pretty good time. And apart from that, I've just really God, I've enjoyed having free time. Um <laughs> Is um, I've got one more week of actual holiday, and then I'll be back to work, but online. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, mm. But it's been nice. I've been able to do the stuff I need to do around the house. I've been able to play video games. I've been able to do my, my Warhammer stuff. I've been able to do um, just role-playing game stuff in general, a bunch. And it's it's been nice. I've been able to devote myself to things I like to do without being too worried about everything else. I've gone <laughs> out of the house three times in the last five weeks that wasn't directly for work stuff um <laughs> so it's pretty good yeah. <laughs> i'm really enjoying it <laughs> but it just shows doesn't it like this like so we're having you know it's like it's a crazy time and mm. arguably a bad time you know it is a bad oh, time yes. for, for everyone yeah. you know over the the course but you know there is silver linings for you know for some people mm. and and like i said it, it in, you know uh, you know jokes aside i suppose we're getting to spend more time potentially with our loved ones again depends you know some mm. loved ones you can't see some you can but it, yeah. yeah i think it i think for some people and like sort of what you were saying and, and same for myself it's mm. sort of focusing us really on yeah. certain things you yeah. get you can do the things that you wouldn't usually get you know chance to do because of life like mm. your warhammer stuff uh you know rpgs video games in my case yeah. secret projects wink Yo. wink nudge nudge um oh. and things like that so <laughs> you know it, yeah you know, so I and you know, hope people listen. Mm. I hope you're staying safe in these. Like I said these are very strange times, but you know, they like said yes. you know if you can do something that makes you happy, you know, while there's a lot of bad news mm. going on, do it. You know, yes. and include yeah, Warhammer absolutely. in that as well. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man, <laughs> right. Cool. Okay. So what are we going to be talking about in this episode, episode 51? Uh, well, we'll be obviously talking about what we're doing 
you know, hobby wise in this lockdown period, then like I said, we got a very excitable new section that uh, mm-hmm. we're both looking <laughs> very much to be talking about. And then for the main law topic for this episode, we're going to be talking about Fabius Bill uh, or Fabius Bile mm-hmm. to everyone else. <laughs> and then we are going to have a discussion topic. I know, shock mm. horror. We've not had one properly for the last. Um, well, we did sort of have one last last episode with Colin from Cold Open Stories, yeah. which was great fun, but obviously that was a bit different. So we're going to have a more traditional one this episode, but we're going to carry on on that uh, bile train and talk about him a bit further. <laughs> we'll talk about like the agents of bile and uh, oh god, uh, the bile that's actually one of his new absolutely a thing on his ship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of his new projects. <laughs> mm, uh, All I aboard the bile train. <laughs> I need to safely transport fluids from one end of my laboratory to the other. <laughs> the bile train! Ah! <laughs> it's just oh, slurping around as it's travelling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> it's probably a thing. It, it definitely mm, a thing. Mm. Um, he's got to transport his... Uh, is uh, good somehow right so uh so before we get into the hobby section um as always you'll find all the ways to find this podcast or support us or check us out on social media down in the show notes uh again with all this time on your hands if you would like to go to itunes and give us a five star review and rating if you feel we deserve it that would be greatly appreciated we're getting a few more of those and obviously encourages people to listen to us and again you know Oh, you know, we got a fairly long show in general, so you know, it'll take people's time up, you know, if they want yeah. something to occupy oh, themselves with, you know. That's, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, fifty episodes, two to four hours a piece. It's pretty good. Exactly, you know, exactly, <laughs> you know, and a few specials in there as well. So you got plenty of time. So and it's actually quite nice because we are getting people that um are starting to listen to us from scratch and and mm. it's funny because like uh we you know i was on discord which i'll talk about in a second that um you know some one of the guys was he's new to warhammer in general and new obviously to the podcast etc and i was obviously mm. quoting some law that we spoke about like yes literally two years ago and i was like <laughs> yes i do remember talking about that but i can't remember the specifics because uh yeah you know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, so, getting yes. older <laughs> yeah. <Someone> squeezes out <laughs> so um Talking to Discord, uh, again, always free for everyone to join. We're getting some more members on there, some great new people on there as well. Uh, again, this is a perfect time to to get on there because you can jump on there and chat to like-minded people. And, you know, without sort of gushing and things like that, it, it it's really good at this time because we're, we're really sort of coming mm. together as a community with this self-isolation period. Uh, you know, like I said, we've got, you know, a, an AOS D&D campaign going on you know on the voice chat where you know we're in the voice chat for the um for the previews that are happening you know obviously on twitch with from uh, from games workshop directly and just in general you know we're trying to help inspire each other with our you know warhammer projects and, and just actual yeah. just life chat as well so like i said don't, yeah. you know feel free to to jump on there it's a lovely place to be with some lovely people so get on it mm. um <laughs> right uh, and and of course again talking to discord um if you join there you can ask us a question and this mm. is the question for this episode um this comes from crack mint brownies and mm. they say quite a very you know very uh, easy straightforward question if you had the choice of any 30k slash horse heresy primark mini to own which one would it be Ooh, just one yeah, just, just one, one, just one primark. Oh, okay, oh so Forge God. World have contacted you and said, yeah. 
We're going to give you one for free because of all the great podcast work that you do, Cameron, um, oh. <laughs> in, in, for the community, uh, yeah. we're going to give you a Primark mm. for free. Um, but only one. Which one do you want? Oh, oh my God. This is a difficult choice. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, I'm ticking things off as I go. And I am going to... Yeah, there's, there's only one that can be. I'm going to go with Conrad Kerr's. Ooh. I think he is one of my favorite sculpts they've done mm-hmm. for the Firebarks. He's not he's not overblown by his pose or anything. He looks perfect, honestly. And it's something I would like, because I think he'd be really good as a standalone painting project, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, as, not as many difficult areas as Sanguinius or maybe Lorgar's armor or anything like that. Um, but just something I could sink my teeth into really do up as a nice little single set piece and then no strings attached because i don't want to do a night lord's 30k arm or anything i can just have him he won't spawn <laughs> anything else um yeah whereas whereas, <laughs> whereas if i get like a logar or something you know i'm going to start a word bearer's army it's going to be difficult yeah uh, yeah no yeah no he was he was the one that sprang into mind and then i ticked off everything else in my brain i'm like yeah it's probably corvus corax but like the Lion and Alpharius are close second to that because they're also way up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, solid choice. Um, I think for me, there's two um, that, as in the choice of two, that uh, disregarding most of the rest. I think, unfortunately for me, my, most of my favorite Primarchs from a character perspective, um, I'm just not really digging the models, unfortunately, because as we mm. know, the, the Primarch models are a bit you know an acquired taste some of them you know i think yeah i think it's generally a posing uh thing going on there like like for me obviously fulgrim is arguably my favorite primark he's not bad you know i don't dislike yeah. his model but it's not yeah. the best either it's sort of i think it could be better um so i think that mm. that's sort of in the back of my mind uh lehman russ as well i really like but again i really don't like his posing and he needs a beard in my perspective mm. um mm. if he if he had a beard Things would change, you know, it's like me. Yeah, I've got a yeah. beard. It changes my life. Um. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I feel you can say that a lot of the Forge World Primarchs, they seem to have been afraid to give them facial hair. Mm. Come on. Dawn yeah. is meant to have a moustache. Everyone knows this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Rush um, should have a beard, but yeah. yeah we'll see. Maybe when it comes back to 40k, he'll get his beard. Exactly. <laughs> he's had time. He's had time to grow it, you know. It's 10,000 years to grow yeah. his first beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like cousin it from the Adams family when he turns up. Um, <laughs> we found a ball of hair stuck in a cave. We think it might be the Primark. Yeah, his first words is a furball coming up. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, it's um, like it's like that. Um, it's like that sheep that escaped in New Zealand for six years and they found it in a cave. <laughs> just oh, is that the one that was on recently that was just was massive? It was just literally a big yeah. ball of of wool. Yeah. yeah. With like a part of a face sticking out of the middle yeah. of the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Maybe. That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> that's what. That's why they're taking so long to give us the Lehman Rust 40k model, is because mm. they're they're trying to work out how to uh, to make him look. Um, but no, my my two choices um, would be one would be Conrad Kurz because I like mm-hmm. you. I think I love him as a character, especially yeah. after reading his book. And I think you haven't read it yet. And I no, I, I employ I employ I you, it. sir, employ you <laughs> to read that book because it's very very good, uh, and particularly the audio book. So you know, get an audible. Mm. Mm. trial and download it because it's worth it for that um so him pro- pretty much for the same reasons you said you know he's night lords he, he's got a cool pose yeah. he looks good um and mm. the other one would probably be 
for me would be Alpharius. Because again, I like yeah, the pose yeah. on him. He's a he's a very cool looking model. I don't have any mm. uh character, you know, sort of ties to him particularly. You know, I mean I don't dislike him, but I don't mm. you know, he's not mm. really high up, but I think from a model perspective, I think he looks great. Um Yeah. But yeah, I think for you for like you, I would um yeah, pick pick probably Conrad Kurz. So um yeah. four twelve. Send two yeah. please uh, one each. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Thank you. <laughs> Send mm. them in the post when you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Take cool. Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you very much for that question. It's uh, nice mm. and easy. Um, right, okay. So, I think it's that time, Cameron. I think it's mm. time to talk hobby. Right, okay. So, hobby time and... Uh, you know, like Cameron was saying, you know, he's he's had a lot of time on his hands, this lad. Um, so what have you been doing for the last couple of weeks, mate? Um, I've, I've been doing bits and bobs. I've been doing... Um, so ever since Games Workshop shut down, uh, there has been like a sudden surge in the local market of just <laughs> buying and selling through Facebook and other online forums. Uh, so what I'm saying is I've been buying things a lot more than I've been working on things, honestly. But it's all for the good. Because uh, I had to. I had no choice. Uh, I was forced. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, forced. <laughs> forced, yes. No, so our, our local uh, games workshop set up their own Facebook community page so that people in the store community can, you know, keep in touch and show everyone what they're working on and talk about all the reveals and things like that, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. And some guy posts on this going, you know, from No No Fear, the, the box set, should I go with the Space Marines or the Death Guard? And I was the only person to reply on that post. I went, well, I was thinking of going with the Space Marines and I first got it, but then I put together one Death Guard model and went, oh, no, this is it, isn't it? <laughs> and he said, well, it sounds like I'll be doing Space Marines then. Do you want the other half? And I'm like, oh, mm, mm, yes. Yes. Uh, so I got the I got the Death Guard half of No No Fear for forty bucks, which is pretty good because it's a hundred dollar box. Okay. Um. Here and he also kept in like the the range ruler and the basic rule book and everything in there because I guess he doesn't need those because he's got the actual rule book and things. Cool. I don't need them either, but I've got them now. I guess. Um. <laughs> also, I, I should actually message him because I think there were like a couple of partially painted assault marines in the bottom of the box so i should probably oh, see right. if he wants those back i just remembered those <laughs> um, it's probably not too urgent it's fine um so <laughs> yeah uh, I, <laughs> yeah uh so the death guard contact contents of that for those who don't know is the uh lord of contagion so terminator armor with a big axe uh the fettered bloat drone with the twin little plague flamer things uh five plague marines with a champion... Ooh, no, no champion, actually, now I think of it. Yeah, five Plague Marines with one Plasma Garden in the squad and ten Pox Walkers. Mm-hmm. Now, I have all these models already. I've already built all these models as is unconverted, so obviously, I did some kit bashing. Um, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> so, first things first, these are the exact same ten Pox Walkers that I already have assembled and based and painted and everything, and I want to do the big blob of 20 Pox Walkers, but I can't have 20 Pox Walkers where it's actually 10 Pox Walkers twice over. That's wrong. That's awful. Mm-hmm. Don't want that. Uh, so, I've started on fixing that by building what I've uh, I've named Pox Walker High Command, which is a Scion Command squad turned Pox Walker. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, uh, so it, it all started off with, I want, I want, I want these poxwalkers to be heroic. They're the brave troops who walk in front of everyone else, get shot to bits, and still trudge forwards to victory, while the plague marines, you know, use them as literal meat shields. Um, so the first one has the, the scion, the Tempestus scion's banner just held high. He's heroic, <laughs> he's marching forward, um, I'm gonna have to like, drill some holes in it to make it all moth-eaten looking or something, but, yeah, he, he's marching forward with the banner, the Achilla, showing uh, boldly on the front of it. Again, got to deface that. Going to get around to that. Um, <laughs> and he's and he's got a little scion head on there. Uh, so he still he kept his helmet on. So he can't bite anyone, which is nice. He's not that threatening. He does have a knife, <laughs> but he can't bite you. <laughs> <laughs> Lesser of two um, evils, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I built up a. This is a little more like a Space Marine command squad than a Siren command squad, really, in terms of styling, because I then built up a uh, a champion who just has a actually a head from the Imperial Guard kit, uh, but he's got like a Vox grill on it, uh, and then I gave him a power sword in the other hand, and so he is stumbling forward with his dented power sword. Obviously, the field doesn't work because he wields an improvised weapon, not a power weapon. But <laughs> one day, one day he'll remember to turn that on. Um, <laughs> oh. Hell to That's pay when, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if a Terminator ever rolls a one to save against him, that'll be the power field switching on, clearly. Um, <laughs> uh, then there's another Scion with a backpack and a helmet and a chainsword. Again, a little dented. Probably doesn't work properly, but, you know, they're doing their best. Um, then we have my favorite one that I've made, which is the Voxcaster, mm. who has one arm with the bone sticking out because I used a little bit of a paper clip pin to simulate like a broken chunk of bone sticking out of the arm. No no hand on that side, nothing. And on the other side, he's just holding out the phone. Like, (laughs) call for you, sir. (laughs) Praise Nurgle. Um, (laughs) And he's got the big like communications backpack with the antenna and everything on it as well. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, he's just shambling forward with the ringing I, phone. I could just imagine him grabbing it, saying, "No, I haven't been involved in a in a uh, I don't know a blight hauler accident yeah. or something like that. <laughs> no, I haven't been. I haven't got any injuries. Well, I sort of have, but you know, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm I'm able to continue to work. Your arms off. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> 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 yeah, he he is my absolute favorite. Again, completely helmeted, can't bite you, has one arm off, can't really grab you, has a phone in on the other hand, so is clearly beating people to death with this telephone. Hey, you know, <laughs> gets it done. Hey, two attacks, weapon skill five plus, you know, do what you gotta do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the final, the final one I've unironically named Stretch, uh, because he is the, the one that is normally holding like, a pole with a flamethrower head on the end, so he's got that really long insectile arm. And mm-hmm. I've cut the hands off and made that arm even longer by attaching the forearm of a scion melter gunner on there. So he's marching forward holding a melter gun, like just like it's a heavy object and he's ready to beat face with it. Again, <laughs> God forbid he ever remember how to pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just yeah. gonna remind you at this point. This, I think it was last episode that I mm. called you the Fabius Bile of the Southern Hemisphere, <laughs> and it's reasons like this and conversations yeah, like this we're having that maybe. I call you that. <laughs> Look, you might be right. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but again, again, God forbid Stretch ever remember how to pull the trigger on his melter gun, because if he does, someone's going to die. It's either another Poxwalker or someone directly in front of them. We'll see. Um, but yeah, <laughs> again, one day, one day I'll do like a narrative kill team game or I'll chuck these guys in Necromunda for something and be like, what do you mean the plague zombie has a melter gun? Why does it have a melter gun? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah. he's got to survive in the underhive. <laughs> mm, yeah, exactly. Uh, so th- those are five out of the ten Poxwalkers all built and uh, converted up. The other five I'm probably going to do with uh, guard bits or maybe even a few space marine bits. Heresy, I know. Um, but it would be hilarious to see mm-hmm. one just walking around <laughs> clearly with, like, a Mark III arm covering its one. As I was like, why is that? Is that meant to be... Was that a space marine? (laughs) (laughs) Are we not sure? Hmm, We're not sure. Maybe it was an inquisitor. Um, Mm. (laughs) Yeah, so that's future uh, plans for that. Um, I've also built four of the five plague marines up. So I made a plague marine champion. Um, So you you know the one that's advancing, firing the bolter one-handed with the knife in the other. He's like walking forward, pointing and shooting. Yep. Of the easy bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I cut the bolt gun off. I stuck a plasma gun on there because champions can take plasma guns and they should. Um, and then I cut the knife arm off and I reversed a power fist from the plague marine kit because all the power fists I've been able to find are left handed. And yeah. this boy needed a right handed power fist. Uh, so <laughs> I clipped the, I clipped the thumb off and switched the sides on the thumb, and then I clipped the little finger and the pointer finger and swapped them around as well, so that the oh. finger legs were close enough. Um, I'm going to cover it with gunk anyway, just to cover some of the gaps, but uh, mm. it's fine. It's um, but it works. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, I clipped a few of the other like super identifiable bits off, like the bell hanging from the stomach. I clipped that. I'll give him like a little chainmail tabard or something. Uh, and so we get we get this pose where the champion is boldly striding forward, aiming a plasma gun straight forwards, and sort of, it almost looks like if he were kneeling down, he would be scraping along the ground with the power fist, but he's just advancing menacingly, ready to just pummel the crap out of something. Uh, because <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm is I'm making a Plague Marine close assault squad. So this is going to be a five-man squad, uh, because I want nothing but the best in this squad. Uh <laughs> And that that's emphasized by the next two guys I built. I built two melter gunners, which you mm. really don't really don't see used on plague marines a lot. Everyone goes plasma guns and uh bolt uh blight launchers. <clears throat> but I went, no no, these guys are gonna be zooming up the board. Squad of five, they're gonna hop out, the melter gunners are gonna hopefully just delete a vehicle, and then the turn after that, they're gonna charge something nasty. Um so the guy holding a plasma gun has been given a melter gun just straight up from the uh, Plague Marine kit. And what is it? There's the guy like holding the bolt gun, but he's got his hand on top of it. Like yeah. he's almost patting it down. Yeah. Uh, that took a bit of work because I clipped that bolt gun away and then clipped apart a melter gun and stuck it into the spaces left behind. So it's like <laughs> it's that same pose, but on a melter gun. Um Gave them both head swaps, gave them both backpack swaps, just to, you know, break up any silhouettes and things like that. Uh, pretty yep. happy with them. They're both, they're both standing pretty steady with, uh, with their melter guns ready to fire. And then I wanted the final two members of the squad to have great plague cleavers, which is the big axes with like twice strength, neg four AP, D6 damage, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're minus, they're minus one to hit and you only get one attack, but, 
hey, you get two if you charge. Uh, because I figure, like, their, their modus operandi will be hop out, melt a gun something, next turn, if it's still there, charge it and hit it with an axe. And a power fist on the sergeant, obviously. Of course. Um, yeah. 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 So I've created a plague marine I've provisionally named Bellend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am accepting name changes, uh, but that's because I wanted to uh, really change the head on this one because this head was really identifiable uh, and was also really built in. So what I did was I clipped out that whole thing, clipped off the bottom of a plague marine helmet, so like the the ball and socket bit and the flattened. Uh, bottom plating, armor plating, stuck that in, and then took a bell uh, that I had clipped off of one of the other plague moves and stuck that on top. So his head is squished into this tiny bell-shaped helmet. Um, doesn't have any eye holes. It's got the symbol of Nurgle on front. <laughs> I'll probably green stuff like some flesh flowing out of the back so it looks like his head's very soft. Like maybe maybe his particular disease has rotted his bones so he can squeeze through things, uh, <laughs> which is ugh, ugh, gross. Um and then he's carrying a plague cleaver one-handed. He's a little bit pyramid head styled. Uh, it's like what a pyramid head was in the Death Guard. Because uh, he's got he's got a weird he's got a weird geometric shape on his head. He's got a big weapon held in one hand, sort of scraping the ground next to him. And then in his other hand, the um the plague spewer, which is like their heavy flamer, has like a one-handed handle thing where they're holding yeah. a little handle, and then it clips into place. So I've got that arm, and then I've instead put an Imperial Guard sergeant's head and torso clipped into there like they've nailed this onto his head and he's being carried around like a little trophy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to add some cut-up arms and some like dismembered legs onto him. Uh, and so he's essentially being dragged around and if if I ever afford the points for it, I will give them the icon of despair because I'm going to like greed stuff a visor so this guy is blind, he's being dragged around the battlefield by this plague marine. And his screams are just demoralizing everyone because, yeah, it's messed up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I've built so far. I've got one more plague marine to build. I'm going to have to figure out how to build another great plague cleaver. I might take the weapon from the Lord of Contagion and trim that down to fit a marine. Uh, that's not a bad idea, actually. I'll probably do that. <laughs> Thanks, friend. Um <laughs> Uh, as far as the Lord of Contagion himself goes, I'm probably going to make a Terminator Lord out of him because he's okay. in Terminator armor. I'll find some bits. I'll get him a Storm Bolter or something like that and a one-handed weapon. Uh, and as for the Blight Drone, or Fetid Bloat Drone, rather, I should say, I'm going to turn that into a Dark Mechanicus Magos. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Uh, yeah, because if you, if you turn it 90 degrees downward, so, like, you're turning the faceplate to face upwards and then take uh -huh. the faceplate off you've got like this big bulbous protruding fleshy bit and then there's just this empty chunk where you could say build a frame and then put a magos body on top and then green stuff robes to cover all over that and maybe finesse some spider legs on there or maybe he's hovering around like a necron destroyer who knows we'll see um, but I would like to make a start on the, uh, Dark Mechanicus guys who are allied with my Chaos Knight household, and I feel doing that would be a good start. Um, again, I want to run those guys with the Tyranids rules, so I'm gonna finagle a way to make him roughly Hive Tyrant-sized with all of that, probably. Okay. Um, because he'll represent a Hive Tyrant, most likely, in that mini-tiny list I'm thinking of, uh, running <laughs> it as. 
Um, but yeah, I, w- I would like to do like this bloated mechanical frame and then the skeletal sort of arch magos rising up above it with nice. all his tools and everything. So that, that's the plan for that. Uh, we'll see how well that pans out, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Um, uh, <laughs> continuing, uh, Facebook marketplace trades, someone was selling a recast of a Deimos Rhino. Okay. Uh, the, yeah. The 30k Rhino. Yeah. Uh, it looked it looked to be in pretty good condition, and they weren't asking for much, and they had genuine Forge World Death Guard doors for it. And Ooh. I went, oh, 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 what's that? Oh, well, I'll have a bit of that. So I've bought that. Um, I've started cleaning it up a bit. Um, and all that. Um, and yeah, I haven't put it together or anything like that. But I'm planning this is going to be the ride for this fast assault squad, and maybe a couple of other characters. So we'll see how that goes. Um, blah, 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 blah. I've also went uh, to a local hardware store. I went to Bunnings Warehouse. I don't know if that exists in the UK. Probably doesn't. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's like a it's like a hardware and home repair store, but the store right. is the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got all kinds of things there, and so I picked up some more super glue first because they sell really good super glue. Uh, but I also picked up some insulation foam, some uh, what is it called it was XPS extruded polystyrene, uh, because I've started carving walls for my Necromunda Zone Mortalis tiles. Ooh, <clears throat> yeah, very nice. Yeah, gonna be fun. Uh, so I took one tile because they have they're they they they're printed back and front, so they're they're different depending which side. You have them up. Uh, so one side has just like a big L-shaped bend of wall. So I built up one big solid wall like that. And the other side has a bit of wall, a crumbled hole, and then the rest of the wall. So I built up that as well. Um, it's pretty easy. Uh, you just sort of measure it out to be the height of the Necromunda doors. So, that, you know, they don't look too short or anything. You cut it out. You cut it to size. And then any bits you need to stick together, PVA glue push toothpicks through to really help strengthen the joint and just wait it out. Uh, I ended up strengthening mine with a little super glue. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably helped. Uh, and then you sand them down so they don't look too rough on top and they fit pretty well. Uh, I'm going to obviously tighten them up some more, add a bunch of detailing, like I'm going to add consoles and plug-in bits and things like mm-hmm. that and yeah. pumps and stuff. Um, but yeah, they, they look pretty simple to do. The, the test bits I put together were really fast to put together, which is nice. And Hopefully they'll look all right because, uh, like, my test games for Necromunda were in Zone Mortalis, but the guy had built his own tiles with walls, and I really like the walls. They're really helpful <laughs> to visualize everything as opposed to just this black space on the tile that you can't draw yeah. line of sight through. Um, yeah, and it'll be fun. Yeah, uh, definitely. To aid, yeah, yeah. To aid with that, I've, I've made an order from Green Stuff World um, <laughs> because they're still <laughs> open, and I need I need hobby supplies badly, so. For the Necromunda stuff, I've ordered some more Plasticard tubing as well as some Plasticard pipe elbows, essentially. So, like, the the 90-degree turns and pipes, they do specifically in Plasticard and sized for all that kind of thing. So, I I can do some piping running around these walls. Uh, I've bought, and I believe it is an 18-inch long roll of green stuff. (laughs) Because I need need green stuff. I'm I'm running low. Uh, <laughs> I've been using it a lot. Um, I need more. 
so I bought an 18-inch roll of green stuff, and something I've seen a lot on our Discord are the, these sort of rubber or silicon-tipped sculpting tools. Yeah. Like yeah. the little the little silicon wedges. Uh, green Stuff World sells those, so I bought... It's a special pack in size 0 and size 2, I believe. Uh, but I think that the stuff Meth uses for all his sculpting and... He does some pretty good sculpting, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and apparently they're really helpful, so I'm really looking forward to trying those out. They'll probably be here in a couple of weeks' time, but we'll see. Nice. Uh, yeah, th- that's all my buying and the related things to buying. Um, I did start painting my Night Rampager, so okay. I painted painted the head as a test. So I'm going to go with black armor plates with like rust speckling all over them. Uh, green power cables like all the rest of the knights, uh, and some nice, dark, oily, grimy metal. Uh, it was pretty fun to paint up, and it was a good bit to paint up because the art, the armor plate I was testing on is going to be pretty much completely hidden, uh, once the whole knight is assembled. So any mistakes would have been fine, but I'm pretty happy with how it looks. So. <laughs> Didn't need to hide it, I guess. Um, and I also undercoated the main body and started painting that. Uh, lead Belcher spray, really helpful with all that. Um, mm, it's nice spray as well. Yeah, on yeah. Nicely. Mm. Uh, compared to my other nights where it took me probably a good couple of hours to get all the uh, base metallic color done. Took about 15 minutes uh, to ensure everything was coated. Um Separately undercoated in white and grey, all the bits that aren't going to be metallic, uh, and started getting the basic colours on them. Same with the cabling, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's coming along. It'll it'll be done when it's done, but we're getting steps closer. Uh, still got a little, <laughs> still got a little more modelling I want to do on it, but for the most part, I'm going to be focusing on painting it from now on, which is exciting. We're getting there. Um, cool. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's right. it. Yeah, mm. so you've been doing what you do best. You've been in your laboratory, <laughs> yes. You know, cackling away, creating more <laughs> Death Guard, more for Nurgle. Mm. But then that's yes. fine. You're you're like a mm. you know you're like a Nurgle pig in muck when it comes to this. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's a good yeah. way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like so it's it's good. It's, you've been doing your Death Guard. Mm. You've been doing Knights again. Another thing. Yeah. You've been doing your Necromunda. So you, you're doing what you love. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) Cool. Right. Okay. Well, before I get into my stuff, let's do the hobby tip of the episode. This comes from Mr. Stephen Rhodes, friend of the show, um, who will be joining us in due course. Uh, I forgot to say that earlier. So he will, Mm. we're negotiating when to, for him to join us. So he will be joining us for an episode uh, in the Mm. near future. So look out for that. Yeah. Uh, And this uh, tip relates to something that you said uh, a while ago, this is back in oh. February. So you you were mm. you were obviously given a tip about uh, or talking about basing uh, at the yes. time. Um, so uh, right, so listen to the new episode. Obviously, that's back in February, um, and the basing discussion had me thinking of some things that I that I had learnt. Uh, also, I agree with Cameron. I always do basing first because it's messy, and getting it out of the way ensures I won't mess up any paint jobs on the model, <laughs> uh, and also mm-hmm. keeps me focused and makes the model look somewhat complete you know, from the off. Uh, but mm. when I am using sand as a basing material, I put sand on and then I applied watered down PVA glue over the top and it fully seals mm. it and makes it pretty yeah. much solid. This works especially well if you do it before priming, because if you prime the basing material too, it will help 
you know, it, it never coming off basically. Mm. So yeah, that's actually a yeah. good tip. I've seen mm. people do that before where they sort of do it pre, you know, pre priming. So, uh, therefore yeah. like I said the priming plus the PVA glue, etc., all properly locks it into, into place. So yeah. Mm. So yeah. Excellent. Someone, excellent. Thank you very much, Stephen. So, uh, right. What have I been up to? Well, Cameron, what have I been up to? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. a buffet of various things. Um, Right, so uh, obviously with the current climate, buying stuff is not easy, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing because I've got too much stuff anyway. So um, yeah. it's probably slowing me down is probably not a bad thing <laughs> when it comes to purchasing <laughs> things. So uh, I did buy some Reavers. So I bought a, um, mm-hmm. uh, off Adrian because he was selling them off. So I got a yep. squad of those. Um bit of a impulse buy it was a bit of a you know i think it's again i think it's this climate you know situation i think i was there like i need some more plastic um so and he was selling them off so i yeah so i bought a it's the reavers that i think that come with the newer kill team starter set so um so it was a unit of five and i thought i'm doing space wolves at the moment these boys will fit in. Okay, they're not great on the tabletop, but they look good. They're probably one of my favourite-looking yeah. Primaris models. They, you know, their helmets and look and the big, big knives. You know, is a very cool look. So yeah, so I bought those. Mm-hmm. Um, I as of the last couple of days, I've built most of them to uh, to be looking a bit wolfy because obviously mm-hmm. um, I'm doing that with them. So I've I, I'm doing very simple kit bashing with them. So I'm I'm giving them yeah. a new left shoulder pad because obviously they don't have you know, their own uh, sort of specific shoulder pads, like off, like upgrade sprues and things like that. They just have mm, their mm. own ones, which have a slight bit of the corner taken off. So I thought, no, I want them having proper shoulder pads. So um, so yeah. I'm using normal non-primaris Space Wolf shoulder pads, which obviously a little bit okay. smaller, but that's good because the, the mm. Reaver shoulder pad is a bit smaller. So it sort of actually yeah. goes quite yeah. nicely. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and for the, for the Sergeant, I used the head of uh, one of the stormcast um vanguard hunters if you see the vanguard oh, hunter set there's the yeah. there's the this the the you know the uh hunter prime would would mm. uh basically has sort of hair flowing to one side you know braided hair so i, I think mm. i saw someone use it recently on another marine model i was thinking yes that's very space wolfy you know sort of braided yeah. hair and things like yeah. that so he's using that and yeah i'm just going to finish them up in the next couple of days out there grab shoots and grapple launches and just add fur and other random space wolf things that i've got so they're coming along mm. nicely um i must admit i'm really really enjoying doing space wolves they're such a fun army to sort of build and wolf of, mm. you know wolf everything up so i build a, yeah. a wolf lord a mcsmashy captain mcwolf lord wolfie wolfyton mm-hmm. um so that was very easy kit bash obviously that's using the the space wolf pack so thunder hammer mm. storm shield um jump pack and yeah, yeah and i and what i did to uh sort of make it look a little bit nicer as well a bit different i used the mm. uh base that comes with tor garadon you know Ooh, our, fa- our favorite model yeah. of all time um so yeah. you know he's got that sort of rock sort of thing at his uh, his feet and obviously it's a separate piece and i never used it when i did my uh tour converted on 
model mm. uh you know the other month um so yeah i so i've used him like where he's just either about to take off from it and obviously it's very in keeping with obviously the models at the moment because we do have a lot of models that like jumping off things and jumping down mm. from things so <laughs> i thought oh well that fits quite nicely so yeah i've got him all built uh i've also built a rune priest as of yesterday a uh, very similar concept again use the space mm. wall pack to uh basically do what a rune priest so that's a space wolf librarian if you're not familiar um so he's got a plasma pistol he's got a force sword uh i just use the power sword from the the kit from the again yeah. the space wolf kit because it's got loads of runes and everything on it you know when you're thinking this just looks like a force sword <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> you know don't really need anything doing to it so so yeah uh that again a very simple you know lunchtime kit bash yeah. but i'm happy with yeah. it and uh so yeah so they're coming along nicely like i said they're getting there mm. i've got so i've got my uh, first intercessor squad built and all wolfified. You know, gave the like I said the uh, sergeant a thunder hammer, and I'm really pleased with them. Um, and yeah, so I've got the the rune uh, the rune priest. I've already got a wolf priest. I've got a wolf lord. So I've got those done. Reavers are on the on the move. Um, mm. like I said I did. I think it was last episode. Uh, I bought some wolfen and some a devastator squad. Uh, so I'm going to use the bodies um so the torso obviously and legs from the space wall pack to add the you know the last cannons and heavy bolters to them to make them long fangs because obviously at this point you can't yeah. buy long fangs as a as its own box you've just got to wolf mm. up some devastators basically <laughs> so yeah it's coming along very nicely at the moment cool. yeah i'm happy yeah. with how they're coming obviously when you know stock starts coming back in i.e when gw open up i'll obviously have prophecy of the wolf joining them so i'll have ragnar mm-hmm. and the uh incursors as well so um yeah so i've got a nice sort of thousand points maybe a little bit more sort of rotating at the moment so uh mm. just whatever takes my fancy really but yeah space wolves are yeah. fun yeah, uh excellent. so uh yeah uh different uh thing i've been working on is i as of a few days ago i built the nagaroth nightmares the dark elf Mm -hmm. blood bowl team um i've had them for ages and i just fancy doing something a bit different to what i've been doing and it's Mm. sort of a train of thought that i've had over the last week again because of this self-isolation and because i'm because of I, well, not me personally, but because my daughter's in the super vulnerable category, we're going to be probably mm-hmm. isolated for longer than most other people. Um, yeah. So over here. So my thought is if I can get a warband, a gang, a team for most of mm-hmm. the specialist games up and running, then it just gives yeah. me a few options to play when mm-hmm. we're let out into the big bad world <laughs> <laughs> later this year. So, so I think, right, well, I've got now a Blood Bowl team built. I'll obviously try and get it get it primed and painted soon uh obviously i've got my house corridor uh, gang that i need to build at some mm. point so that will cover necromunda um and i want to do something for Warcry, um and i don't know what i'm going to do for that yet i'm a bit um lost i know there's stuff coming which we'll be gushing about later but mm. uh in the, in the in the time you know in the the now um i don't know what i want to do yet i want to do something a bit mm. fun with Warcry, you know something a bit of a kit yeah. bash bit of a conversion project uh don't know i'm sort of i've been chatting to the guys on discord we're trying to get a few ideas going so yeah so i'm gonna so that's that's my train of thought anyway we're trying to trying to get uh something going for a lot of these specialist games so that's mm. in the works um Right, so uh, buying-wise, like I said, I haven't bought anything else apart from the Reavers. Um, I have been doing a few other sort of Warhammer things that are not mm. strictly models. So I've got a few mm. things. So um, 
First thing, I ha- I mentioned this, I think, last episode, that uh, we started playing AOS D&D on our Discord mm-hmm. server. So mm-hmm. I've never played D&D in my life. Uh, this mm-hmm. is my very first time. So, uh, yeah, we, we're, we've done a couple of sessions so far, and I'm really enjoying it, I must admit. And I think we all Good. are. Um, mm-hmm. We've got about four to six of us Um Again, it, the, the good thing is, obviously, because we're trying to sort out time zones, because it's a, basically it's a UK-US um, uh, combination of people. So, obviously, yeah. time zones are a bit all over the place. So, we're trying to work around that. And so far it is. But, obviously, you know, people have got other commitments. So, you know, for example, in the first session, storm we had a Stormcast. And the, the session we had a couple of days ago, we didn't. But that's fine. He's off mm. doing stuff for Sigma. He'll come back <laughs> and uh, <laughs> help out. So, I am a witch elf uh in this uh i'm a mm-hmm. base so basically the the premise we'd use it is we are playing D so D so D rules completely we're using existing classes and stuff but we're just doing aos versions of them so i'm basically a, yeah. playing as a rogue but obviously yeah. i'm playing as a witch elf um and yeah she's doing well she's called melagora uh i got the name thank thanks to uh, the Realm of Plastic website. So Realm of Plastic uh, is run by a guy called Jasper, and he did uh, a lot of uh, name generators for a lot of AOS um, mm. ra- uh, factions. So uh, check that out if you ever need a name of a, you know for your Stormcast, yeah. for your yeah. for your uh, Daughter of Cain or whatever you want. Um, yeah, check it out. And that came up because I was a bit uh, lost for names. <laughs> so that helped me <laughs> greatly. So yeah, she's a really cool character. She's basically the, the backstory to her is she was a witch elf dancer on a pirate ship that used mm-hmm. to go along the coast of Tusks in Gur, uh, effectively a good time party pirate boat that used to travel around. Mm-hmm. She was effectively being kept against by a will. Um, she's escaped. Um, so my mm-hmm. backstory is I'm being I'm hiding in, in, in sorts from the captain who's trying to get me back. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm a bit anti-imprisonment, you know, as a character. So if I see people <laughs> locked up, you know, I'm going to freak out a bit. But uh, but yeah, I'm yeah. I'm a proper glass cannon character. We've got let's say we've got a stormcast, we've got um, a star priest, we've got a uh, saurus warlock which is an interesting concept um yeah yeah, uh yeah we've yeah it's really cool so we've only done a couple of sessions and i think we're playing the fifth edition starter as far as i've been told Uh, again i i have no background in D &D, so (laughs) i don't know that uh so yeah so that has been great fun and we're so far we're really really enjoying it and i think there's other people interested Mm. in joining as well so uh and people have actually you know, join the discord specifically to play it as well, which is really nice. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And, uh, like I said, if you, you know, for people out there that play D and D and those sort of games, just, yeah, make it, make it 40 K, make it AOS, you know, it's, yeah. uh, yeah. it's, uh, good. Uh, right. What else? Um, I have been doing some creative writing as well. So, we were after we recorded with Colin from Cold Open Stories last episode. If you've not checked that out, go listen to it. It was good fun. Um, mm-hmm. He got me inspired to write something. So yeah, I'm writing something hopefully um, for their April Fast Fiction. I think that's the name of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, up to a thousand words. And yeah, I'm in the middle of writing something. So um, I've got it's the nineteenth of April. So I've got as of today this recording. So I've got about a week and a half to finish it and get it in. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do that and just, yeah, get the, get the uh, juices flowing. So, uh, 
So that's been on the go. Uh, and the last thing is my secret project. Um, mm-hmm. It's so secret. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Um, oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's um, yeah. So it's, it's it's completely Warhammer related. Um, mm-hmm. But it when I, it's not like I'm just starting Ooh. a new army. It's a you know it's something completely yeah. different to that. So yeah. yeah, I've I will I will share it with you when it's pretty much ready to go. Okay. Um, the only things I will say uh, is I'm learning stuff that I've not done before. Um, it's yeah, a bit different. It's sort of similar to what I already do, but again, it's different. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've, okay. Another little spoiler is I've just commissioned some music for it. Um, and yeah, so things are, uh, so a few people know what I'm doing. So, uh, but and I know you don't know yet, Cameron. But yeah, I've got uh, no clue. I, no, <laughs> and that's that's not deliberate. I'm not sort of trying to keep it from you. It's just more. Mm. I'm speaking to a couple of people that have experience in this, so it's more. Yeah, yeah. I'm not deliberately excluding you from this. It's, no, no. <laughs> it's more. You'll you'll see when I when I talk about when I reveal it. So yeah, I'm mm. I'm just um, yeah getting things in motion, and then I'm hoping in the next sort of month or so. It'll be, you know, sort of almost ready to go, and um, awesome. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I will, I will tell everyone more once it's ready to go. So that's in the works as well. So that's taken up quite a bit of my time as well. So, but in mm. a good way. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's been that. Um, and lastly, reading wise, I finished Saga of the Beast. That's the audio drama, the Space Wolf audio mm. drama that came out a few weeks ago. Uh, really good. What probably one of the best audio dramas. I've listened to in a good while. Um, yeah, they had it's all about Ragnar Blackmane uh, mm. and obviously Gaskell. It's obviously in tying with you know the prophecy of the wolf, uh, saga of the beast, uh, psychic awakening, etc. Um, you know, it's, the, it's your typical sort of four hour or so audio drama. Uh, yeah, check it out. It's really good. Really, really good. Um, mm. I also read in and or listened to in the last week because of what we're covering shortly uh primogenitor which is the first mm-hmm. fabulous bile novel oh cameron it's still so good <laughs> still such yeah. a good book um yeah it was mm. I, i'm i'm not usually one to re read stuff unless it's for obviously the show because mm. i tend to like to spend my time learning something new as opposed to going over old stuff but i just was felt so inspired with you know, yeah. looking into Fabius Bar that I was like, I need to read this book again. And obviously I will read uh, Clone Lord yeah. again, which is the second book. Um, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I implore you all to go and get, go out and, uh, and <laughs> check it. Um, and that's about it. I've been sort of dipping into other books like uh, Requiem Infernal and uh, Sinner's mm. Bounty, but I haven't quite got into them as such as of yet. I've sort of read a few chapters and then put it down really. So I can't really yeah. count those as reading So at this moment. So, cause I've been doing other things as well. So yeah, it's been a busy time, but a good time. It's been a productive mm. time, Cameron. Yeah. Productive. Yeah. That is the, uh, the name of the game. So um <laughs> Right. Okay. So that has been the hobby section. Uh, time to have a break because we're going to need this break before mm. we get into the new section because oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to get, it's going to get weird. It's going to get excitable. You've been warned <laughs> and we'll be back soon. <laughs> Back to talk about some lovely, lovely Warhammer news. Some very excitable news. Um, mm. 
Mm. So, as of last episode, the baton of news has been handed over to our dear Cameron. So, as from <laughs> now onwards, Cameron's running the, the news section. So, the stage yeah. is yours, sir. All right, we'll kick it off, as always, with uh, happenings in the 41st millennium. Mm. Uh, first up on our list is Psychic Awakening Death Watch. It's out if you're subscribed to White Dwarf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're not, it is completely unavailable, which is mm. <laughs> a bit unfortunate. Uh, mm. But, you know, uh, mm. as far as I have heard, it is basically giving them a bunch of the new newer stratagems and giving them combat doctrines and not a lot else, which is fine. Those things are very nice to have. Mm. Um, the the most things I've heard complaints about is special issue ammunition already doesn't work very well with bolter drill and mm. now also doesn't work very well with combat doctrines because <laughs> you can use it you can use it in combat doctrines but if for example you're in the tactical doctrine so all your bolt guns already have an extra negative 1 ap there's no point in using kraken rounds which give you an extra negative 1 ap in a bit longer range because they don't stack with the combat doctrine bonus ap either Mm. So you're basically for combat doctrine relegated to using nothing but hellfire rounds, which hey, I'll admit, wounding everything on twos, not bad, <laughs> really not bad at all. But um, yeah, there's, there's 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 opinions that it's that it's put them up really good. There's opinions that it's sort of just brought them up to average. There's opinions that it's super generic, and there's opinions that that's all they needed. And <laughs> I don't know where to fall on that. I don't play Death Watch. I'm not going to pretend to know. Um. I, I a bit like a bit like you. I've 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 seen the uh, the opinions out there, and yeah, it's a very wide range. Some people are over the moon with it. Some people think it's absolutely awful. Some people think yes, yeah, yeah. it's, it's just you know just enough to keep them ticking over. I think yeah. obviously people are sort of saying that a lot of the stuff is already out of date because obviously you know there's mm. that that stratagem the you know to do with the combat doctrines moving that was uh, deleted yes yeah and it's still there although, you know it's all that sort of stuff but yeah although if the death watch uh psychic awakening errata comes in the next couple of weeks which it technically should mm. and it doesn't remove that stratagem that is actually interesting that's something unique mm. that they then have yeah maybe um yeah yeah yeah, and honestly, I, I was going to say sorry. I was going to say that I think some people mm. are just assuming that. Whereas, like I said, there's no guarantee of that at this point. Yeah, so I think yeah. that yeah, you're right. It, it could happen. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, for example, I believe they also have the old version of the Duty Eternal stratagem for dreadnoughts, mm-hmm. where dreadnoughts yeah, take half damage instead of reducing damage by one, mm-hmm. um, which is really really good. And in the Death Watch isn't as open to abuse as it is in, say, Iron Hands, so it might be <laughs> fine It might be fine saying like that. Yeah. My gut feeling is it's probably going to get eroded to the new versions and that extra stratagem is going to be deleted. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, that's really cool and honestly makes them feel a little more specialist and experienced. You know, their dreadnoughts are better at taking fire because they... I don't know how to dodge or something. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's it's one of those where yeah I, you're right. I think it probably will get errated. Uh, I think the 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 sort of the big pro so far is actually the white dwarf side of things. I know obviously mm. availability is you know not a thing at the moment because of the no, current yeah. uh, world situation but obviously I'm sure that will get rectified. I'm sure they'll make copies of that available mm. to buy later cuz that would be a bit unfair oh, yeah. if they if they didn't um 
but the fact you only need to got you've only got to buy white dwarf to get the rules as opposed to buying mm. a big you know twenty five pound book to, yes. to to get your rules yeah. and share it with another faction that you may not be fussed about. So I you know I don't cons- I know you know you, again it depends which way you look at it, but I don't think that's a bad thing for them. Um, I think the is the real shame of it is not having any vanguard units. I'm I'm just yes. still shocked that the Phobos related uh, marine units are not in the death watch mm. um i'm it's sure there's probably reasons crazy. but it doesn't make yeah. sense to me it's a real yeah. shame but look the, the 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 one thing that would make this quote-unquote fine is if death watch is getting a redone codex sometime soon and they're waiting mm. for it all to be in one big book possibly uh, whether that's ninth edition or just for like a, a redone codex regular space marines got one supposedly custodies might be getting one so we'll see mm. um yeah, but it, I mean, it is a lot of pages to add to a white dwarf to stack in all the vanguard units on there. But also, come on, guys! Yeah, take out the spec ops space marines. Come on, exactly. <laughs> it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. I mean, we were saying, I mean, uh, uh, on our Discord that I think one of the suggestions was obviously to do with the shoulder pads. You know, the mm. fact that obviously you know they have the left shoulder pad to obviously denote that they're in the death watch and obviously yeah. they would, then would have to make special ones for the vanguard mm. you know phobos armor but i think you could but get around that it sort of i don't think yeah can't death watch already take reavers though <laughs> uh yeah y- yes they can no no women can no. they i, I, I can't remember they might be able to uh they I can feel, take I some like- of them they can mm. take some of the primary they stuff. Can take but, hell, they can take intercessors and hellblasters and aggressors. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't think they can take reavers. I could be wrong. Oh, on that. Don't, don't quote me not. on that. But um, mm. yeah, I don't think they can. Um, uh. But <laughs> yeah, I'll be it's it, yeah. I it, they could. <laughs> yeah, no, you're probably right. Actually, actually, let's let's come on Google. Let's actually yeah. T- <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, so let's do live let's... on the air research. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think you can. Yeah, I think you can. So it's not shoulder pads. That's kill team, actually. Um, Ah, Yeah, yes, you can. Yeah, you can take them by the look of it, I think. So So it's not shoulder pads because there's no fever (laughs) death watch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's it's weird. Give them them the cool spec off Marines, guys. Come on. They're so good. Yeah. Or just let, just, can, I want to see the mixed kill teams with all the Primera stuff. I want to see an mm. Intercessor squad with an Eliminator sitting in the back of the squad. With, like, <laughs> the, with the Instigator Bolt Carbine could actually be really interesting because yeah. that's the thing where you can fire Overwatch and then back up. Imagine mm-hmm. that being the benefit they confer to the unit and stuff like that. That'd be really cool. Mm. Bring them in. Come on, yeah. do it. <laughs> also, to clarify as well, that the mm. that particular White Dwarf um, doesn't have the Harlequin stuff yet. So, because yeah, no. they said they would be in White Dwarf, I think a lot of us assumed that they would be in the same the White same Dwarf, one. and they're not. Yeah. So, it's not going to be, okay. it's not in this one. They are separate. Yeah. That's really weird. I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's a good thing I don't play Death Watch, because I would be confused and concerned, <laughs> and also I'm not subscribed to White Dwarf, so I wouldn't even have the rules. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Speaking of more exciting Psychic Awakening news, mm. we have... So, last night, I wasn't able to join in uh, because I had <laughs> other things to do. Uh, but there was the Warhammer preview number three online. And goddamn, 
<laughs> is all I will say about that. Um, no, we saw a lot of incredible stuff. Uh, I believe we've both exchanged a sentiment that they have hyped the previous two as part of the biggest Warhammer reveal ever. If this third one was part of the initial set of reveals, holy crap, they were right. Because <laughs> this this single reveal stream felt like twice twice the importance of the other two combined. It was... Yeah. Oh, Oh, it was good. Um, so yeah, Psychic Awakening Cry. We got a trailer for it. Mm-hmm. We got some more information on what it seems to be about. And what it mm-hmm. seems to be about is sisters, the Inquisition, mm-hmm. and Necrons. Mm-hmm. And Necrons, there is a silence spreading because Psychic Awakening Cry. God, I hope they bring Pariahs back with Necrons, incidentally. Um, <laughs> I've got to keep saying it. Even if it, even if it's a stratagem to have a single immortal squad ignore psychic powers on a two up or whatever, something. People will model them if you don't give them models, but give them most of them. Come on. True. Um, true. No. Yeah. 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 Um, so the Inquisition is bringing its might to bear to combat the threat of Illuminor Zeras, oh. uh, who is. Fittingly enough, is the Fabius Bile of Necrons. He um, is. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, he's so similar to Fabius Bile and, and arguably mm. Belisarius Call. It's, he's he's the same sort of thing where he's there wanting subjects so he can do his little mm. experiments. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think every yeah. faction has them. It feels like they do sometimes. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> so as oh, I was actually saying that, like, that means we have got uh, an Imperium one, a Chaos one, and a Xenos one. Mm. If you think about it that yeah. way. Yeah, mm. all, all masters of their crafts. And we can't mm. get the homunculi from Comra uh, either, but mm. man, True. yeah. Uh, and he, he's coming in with a fucking sweet new model. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. so good, isn't it? It's so, so good. Oh, so he is um, apparently on a 60 millimeter base, incidentally. Mm. So he is massive. Uh, he, is he is a big boy. He's got this. I'm going to look at him so I can describe him properly. Where are <laughs> you? Where are you? Come here. <laughs> scrolling, scrolling possibly on stuff he was announced last. There he is. Um, so he he's sort of hey, he's on a hero base. There's some rubble he's climbing down over, but he's got mm. this big sort of spidery body, um, and then this big upper torso with a bunch of extra little arms, and he's got his big two handed uh, war scythe thing, and he is actively actively disintegrating an imperial preacher and siphoning off his bodily fluids and experimenting on them on the field mm. like he, he's proven is so he's got um the the war scythe or the staff of light or whatever it's called is shooting a beam into this imperial preacher trying to crawl away uh the preacher is disintegrating again we see skeleton hands with the flesh melting away from them <laughs> this is this is horrifying <laughs> You know, you know, uh, is this, again, I asked this last night, is this what Gauss technology actually does to the human body? Because I think I it, it was, does. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty sure I, it does. I, I thought it was pretty brutal in the uh, the Warhammer adventures when that kid got turned to ash by Necron, mm. but I think maybe they were holding back on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, God, could you imagine if that had happened to that kid in that book instead of him just turning to dust? <laughs> oh, God, that'd be awful. Um. He looks to be in terrible pain, uh, and he all his bodily fluids are being siphoned up into a little uh, spinning orb, which is also being probed and experimented on by some of uh, Zeras's extra arms. He seems to be maybe maybe he's looking for a particular genetic component. Some mm. might say a pariah gene <laughs> um, 
just, I'm just saying, if the Fabius Vial of Necrons is involved and it's called Psychic Awakening Pariah, please, please give us Pariahs. <laughs> it would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> see see some necrons reclaiming the flesh of humanity for their mm. own um yeah it'll be it'll be sick he is an incredible model um he's got cool rules uh anyone within nine inches suffers perils of the warp on any double instead of double ones or double sixes which mm-hmm. up until now was uh chaos knights only and was a stratagem so that's really cool uh he he is doing he's doing some warpy stuff i'm just saying Surprise. <laughs> um, yeah yeah oh, yeah man He's he's so a cool. he's a bad boy. He's uh, mm. he, he's so good. I mean, he, he's. I know it's funny when you actually see the older model of him from years ago. I, I mean, that's not, not looked at that. Oh look that yeah, up. look look it up. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not not a bad model, the old one, but this doesn't you know it doesn't compare uh, to to this one, and it just shows how detailed they can get with these new models. Mm. I mean, that, like I said, that the pose is fantastic. The, what he's doing Ooh. to that creature is just. Yeah is just like the the level of detail mm. like you said the fact you can see the the skeletal hand as the as, it, as the mm. flesh is being stripped away it's I'm going to coin that phrase it's so 40k this model it's, it's such an epitome 40K. of it it's it's wow. horrific it's awesome yeah it's i'm really yeah. excited by this and 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 i'm i'm really pleased mm. you know for necron players cuz it's always nice to you know to mm. get a new model as well uh, and especially as one as sick as this <laughs> oh yeah i'm i'm looking at the old model now and the old model mm. was actually quite nice it was mm. really flavorful and looked really different to all the other necron stuff uh and it had a lot of character he's examining a human skull I believe in that case, or something skull, at least, maybe not a human one. Um, and like, it, it's got character and it's active and it's interesting, but this one has all that character and is also extremely badass. Um, mm. and, and it's really suitable. This guy's improving not only Necron genetics, but also like Necron exoskeleton. So of mm. course he's beefed himself up. God, what a cool dude. Mm. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, from a law perspective, this is the guy that was obviously has connections with the whole transference thing, you know, obviously to mm. the Catan and things like that from, you know, I mean, this guy's been around for like millions of years. Um, yeah. You know, he's a very yeah. prominent Necron character. And yeah, I do. I mean, I, I think going back to the model, it, it's hilarious what looking at his model sometimes because like mm. you see what he's doing to you know that like, that guy is, you know, the preacher is in absolute agony and he's look the mm. way he's doing it. He looks like he's, pouring some milk in his cup of in cup of tea or something yes. you know yeah, he's so blasé about what yeah, yeah. <laughs> which makes it more horrific as, mm. as well. yeah and like from one angle it looks like he's looking down at him but then you look at him from a different angle and you realize he's only looking at the genetic material he's sampling he's not actually looking at where it's coming from because why does mm. he care yeah why would he care what this what this uh furry bold monkey wants (laughs) 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 in this case doesn't want to be flayed alive i guess um (laughs) yeah god so he is he is incredible and i Mm. cannot believe how cool he looks i know people are going to start necron armies over this however yep whatever fine i don't care about him actually who cares about him lord inquisitor (laughs) kyria draxus is maybe the single coolest normal human model i've ever seen (laughs) <laughs> that's saying a lot honestly in this um so she is a lord inquisitor of the order xenos she is a radical because mm-hmm. she has she has a shuriken catapult with a purity seal on it <laughs> oh the irony the irony yeah. 
Um, she's wearing power armor. She has a, a normal-ish sized power fist, as in mm-hmm. not crazy looking. Uh, she has what I would coin very sensible armor that mm-hmm. looks practical and useful and not ceremonial in nature, which is super nice. Uh, it mm-hmm. looks like cutting edge Imperial tech. And she's got a baby little dragon thing. <laughs> um, what is it? It's called, it's called Shang. Mm. <laughs> it is a live alien, apparently. Um, yeah, they, met, they mentioned it on the yeah. on the on the stream yesterday. What it was called, like what creature mm. it is? Admittedly, I've ah, forgotten okay. it now. But yeah. it's like it's got it's got so like Wyvern in the title. You mm. know, yeah. it's a play on the word Wyvern. So yeah, uh, or Wyvern. It, yeah, it's it's such a good model, and and sure. I like 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 you were saying, the 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 armor is fantastic. Very very Stormcast like mm. in its own way, especially mm. if you look at the legs. Yeah. Uh, it's that sort of very sort of like you said practical uh, type armor. I love the fact that she's uh, decided to go very similar to the orc mega boss from AOS and have a big skull <laughs> on the, on her shoulder. Yes. Very similar yes. to that. Um, yeah, very like I said, simple but but full of detail. So it's a bit of a funny model in that sense where you look at it, it's like mm. everything you know, lots of smooth areas, etc., yeah. etc. But it's actually got a lot of detail. Um, the only my only sort of thing I would say is I'm I don't know if it's the painting. Um, mm. I would potentially do a head swap maybe. Um, yeah. Um, I don't, again, I don't know if it's the painting on the face. I mean, the head is good, but I think you could mm. use a better head because a few people were talking about it online last night. Obviously, whether you could yeah. do a head swap, hopefully, I imagine you would be able to. So if you wanted to oh, yeah. give her a slight, an alternative female head, uh, you could, um, or, you know, uh, it may, to be honest, it may come with a helmeted version. We don't know, to be honest. Um, that you know, would be really a, cool. That'd be cool yeah. as well. Um, and mm. it, we were saying actually on, again, on the chat thing when it was being shown, it'd be really cool in our, in, especially in our Discord. Mm. And, and obviously opened it up. If, it'd be really cool if we did like, it's similar to like when we did the, um, the tour converted on competition mm. where mm. not necessarily with her model, but we did like where the, the, the idea is where you do a radical character you know just just build your own radical basically uh, for any race and and just doing something very different uh you know to what they would be you know traditionally (laughs) you know doing so (laughs) oh man sorry you said any race and just said radical and my brain immediately went to um an elder dark reaper with a heavy bolt (laughs) yeah that's it that's it that's what you could do i just that'd be really cool Mm. so yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping we see more of this. And, I, and mm. it, it, this is actually arguably one of the most exciting of the uh, psychic awakenings as well. I mean, we see, if you think, because mm. obviously, I'm, obviously, we when we saw the uh, you know the sister and the the Harlequin from uh, Dim Fuse is that it, you know, it, yeah. which is obviously connected because obviously, if you look in the tra- in the trailer, they're in it as well. Mm. Um, yeah. And also, if you notice as well that. The, as well as the sisters of battle, there is also the ultramarines on one side mm. as well, up in the top. Uh, so I don't, yes. you know, um, so I don't know if they they will have some sort of play in this, even from a rules perspective. Because mm. in theory, ult, you know, sisters have not officially had any yeah. rules as part of psychic yeah. waiting. And I know ultramarines didn't either. Technically, I don't mm. think. I mean, uh, they got the they got the generic marine stuff in face. Yeah, in exactly. But I wonder if they're going to get anything yeah. specific. I don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Mm. We'll see. Mm. Um, either way, super exciting. It's also probably, I would assume, would be the last Psychic Awakening, unless we get a, another one after this that introduces a new faction or something, which, mm. God, I shouldn't tease myself like that. <laughs> I'm not. 
<laughs> not even going to think about that possibility, let's be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but speaking of teasers, mm. um, there's there's also some made-to-order going on for the next two weeks. Uh, so by the time you hear this, it should still be ongoing, unless Matt has completely dropped the ball in editing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so, uh, on made to order, we have two models available, uh, for 40k, mm. one of which I love beyond all reproach and one, <laughs> the other one that I can barely stand to look at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so first off we have Lexicanum Varos, who is a mm. space marine librarian in Terminator armor. Uh, he was shown off sometime last year, uh, as an event exclusive model for Adepticon this year. Um, I, I can't look at him. <laughs> he, mm, there's just something about him really exacerbates the um exacerbates the head between the shoulders thing that regular terminators have already to like new heights and disgusts me <laughs> it looks it just looks so wrong on him and i don't know what it is but i figure i think i could fix him but it would take a lot of work and i'm <laughs> not willing to put that in um but you know if you like him that's all cool. That's all well and good. He's got a cool wrist-mounted storm bolter. I just mm. just add, add like two millimeters to his waist and drop his arms down a millimeter <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Oh god, it it, it hurts to look at. Um, yeah, I don't know, what do you a, think of him? Yeah, <laughs> he's an odd boy, and he sort of his proportions are all out. Like I said, his waist is far too small, and his shoulders are too big. Uh, mm. I I I, th- I I mean, I don't dislike him. I suppose he's one of those where I just think he's he's t- to me he's too similar to the existing. Uh, generic mm. librarian in Terminator armor. He's not far yeah. different to that, yeah. really. Uh, if you put them side by side, they're not dramatically different. I know, obviously, they're both librarians no. in Terminator armor, so they can only be so, uh, they're going to be similar anyway. But uh, yeah, mm. it's just one of those where I, I don't know. He's, he's, he's a, he's a cheese sandwich. He's just, you know, mm. he's a generic model. He's just like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like a che- eating a cheese sandwich. It's just like, eh, this is okay. Yeah. Could be more exciting. Yeah. He's, he's fine, yeah. you know, if you want him. Um, cool. Yeah. But on, there's something but on a the lot better hand, than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the other hand, we have Sister Tariana Palos, who mm. is a brand, brand new Sisters of Battle. I think she's technically just meant to be a battle sister, but she deserves to be uh, something much higher ranked than that. <laughs> um, she is based on a piece of artwork by Anna Steinbauer uh, that was mm-hmm. on the cover of a previous edition of uh, the Sisters of Battle Codex. And she is incredible. She is standing amid a burning battlefield, aiming her bolter steadily. She's got two frag grenades on her belt, along with a rosary bead. She looks awesome. She has a mm. great head. Mm. Well, wow. <laughs> yeah. lots, lots of expression on that face. Mm. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think, I think this is one of the best sisters of battle models we've seen. Actually, I think it's you know, mm. it's, like I said, she's nice and simple. You know, she's just doing. It, it's just a really nice pose, nice and dynamic. Uh, she likes it. She's not jumping off anything. And yeah, I mean, that, I've always loved that artwork. I mean, that's what you would have seen if you'd picked up the beta codex as part of, um, chapter approved yes. as well. Um, you know, before obviously mm. they did the new artwork for the, obviously the new, uh, the full version of the codex. Uh, and they've used that artwork, I think, for a, a few other sisters. Some of the short stories you see as well, they've used that artwork. Uh, yeah, I, I think she's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to order her because I mm. will. F- have that uh, FOMO, as the kids yes. say. Um, yes. If I don't get her, Go. even though I don't need her, but yeah. I just feel like I need to mm. buy her. Um, so yeah, I think if you buy her now, you get it within then you know by October, eighty days or something, something, said, something yeah. like that. Yeah, 
We'll see. So, which, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure it'll be probably yeah. sooner than that. It's just when, obviously, when they churn her out, I think, not badly priced. I think it's around that sort mm. of, they're both about over here, about £22.50. So yeah. they're sort of that sort of price. So, yeah, mm. I, I think if you, if you like Sisters uh, or you just want something cool like that, don't miss out yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so that concludes all the 40K stuff we got mm. to uh, hear about mm. over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so we're going to move over to Age of Sigma. Mm. Let's. The Sons of Bayomat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> mm. oh. My fucking god! Um, <laughs> so this was this was their opener, and it astounds me that the rest of the reveals were able to keep up anywhere close to the amount of excitement these things <laughs> generated. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a, it's a filthy word now, Cameron. It's the when mm. you hear the word mega gargant, it's going to give you a shudder Ooh, mm. like that when you hear this. I mean these guys yeah big guys mm. look big boys <laughs> they look so so good they uh, I are mean, we were blown away really mm. by these yeah yeah god um so imagine the ale guzzler gargan your classic plastic giant being around forever make mm. him about 50 percent taller make him about three times thicker this is what you got with a mega gargant. So that is their official <laughs> classification. I guess that is their keyword is mega gargant. Yeah, um, I believe so. Yep. So this will be a single kit that builds a war stomper, a kraken eater, and a gate breaker or gate smasher. I think it was gate, gate breaker. breaker. Yep. Yes. Uh, which are the three variants of our delicious, delicious mega gargants. <laughs> uh, so to give you to give you a clue on height, these guys stare Archeon in the face, mm. face to base. Um, <laughs> they are huge. They are packed to bursting with detail. Uh, my favorite detail is that compared to the other two, the Kraken Eater is wearing sandals and has pruned up feet from walking in the water too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, cra- <laughs> it's crazy the amount of detail on these, but at the yeah. same time, they are quite simple as well. Again, it's that lovely mm. balance of a simple model. Obviously, there's a lot of flesh on these boys because they obviously they don't need yes. to wear much. They're obviously just no. wearing the odds and sods of things that they've uh, either taken apart, eaten, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And but again, it's mm. those lovely little details. But then, yeah, you know, it's not over over the top detailed yeah. either. You know, it's that nice, yeah. lovely sort yeah. of balance. They all look really different, but again, mm. they all look like they would. You know, if you we're lucky enough to own all of them. You know, you, you, you bought three mm. different kits and you built one of each. You know, they all look like they would go nicely uh, together oh, yeah. with them. And again, I think, mm. we, you know, we, when we when you see giants in, you know, any sort of media, it they, they've always got something distinctive about them. And I think that's what I like, mm. what they've done with these three. They're mm. all distinctive. They're all completely different. But again, they all synergize, you know, aesthetically, yeah. to, you know, yeah. uh, so to speak, that, together which is really really nice Mm, yeah uh and not only do they synergize aesthetically they synergize mechanically Mm. a mega gargant can be included as an ally for any age of Any faction (laughs) yes uh so hey do you remember when we're speculating it's like oh maybe i have giants like with bit options kit themed to each realm no one kit no realm options doesn't matter 
any faction. <laughs> this is this is Games Workshop saying go nuts, mm-hmm. go goddamn nuts. I cannot wait to see what is going to come out of this. I can't wait to see what I'll probably do with this because I'm sure I'll do at least <laughs> one or two of these damn things. Um, <laughs> I've, I've already got ideas for a Night Haunt one and a Head Knights one. Mm. I'm thinking Beast Claw Raiders, uh, Gloom Spike Gits, mm. Devoted of Sigma, Flesh Eater Courts. Yeah. Mm. I have... The- oh. <laughs> We're going to see so many conversions mm. with these; it's going to be unreal. But then that's what it's perfect for. And I, I and also the one thing that's going to be a real advantage when you buy one of these mm. kits, you make them when you do, you're going to have some lovely leftover bits as well. Like oh, for example, yeah. you know, just think you what would be really cool is like you say you built the um or you you didn't buy uh, sorry build the kraken uh, so the kraken mm. eater. So yeah. obviously he comes with that that lovely little net of of uh, gubbins. You know, that would be a really cool train piece or you could, you know, yeah. you could use it in, you know, in a town mm. setting. Uh, or yeah. if you want to uh, build a Trogoth hag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good shout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I mean. You've got so many opportunities with these. And the fact that obviously a lot of them seem to come with uh, them holding something or like in the case of mm. like the uh, the gate, so the uh, the gate breaker. Gate breaker. Where he's, where he's obviously got. A uh, human in his hand again. I'm sure you've replaced two that. humans in his hand. Was it two? Oh yeah, yeah. There's too oh, yeah. many arms. Oh, I was going to say actually, yeah, you're right. There's, a, there's more limbs than I was expecting there. Um, and uh, yeah, so you'll be. I'm sure you'll be able to do something else with that. You know, again, just when this kit comes out, go wild with it. It's going to mm. be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got? A, is there a favorite of these three you've got? Of of these three, yeah. Honestly, if you just based it purely on the three, four. yeah. Honestly, I think it's probably the War Stomper. He is mm. just—he's just an Ale Guzzler Gargan, but bigger and better. Mm. He's like classic. Although, gotta say, Kraken Eater way up there. Mm. Um, I, I'm going to remove all his bodily hair. I'm going to blind him and put a rune on his forehead. He's an Ironeth one now. He's <laughs> underwater giant. Give him gills. He'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, and someone actually pointed out that if you run the, uh, I believe it's the Ion Rack concla- uh, Enclave for Ideneth, he would actually get all of the Ideneth allegiance abilities as well. Because <laughs> they let they let any allies in their army benefit from the tides. Yeah. <laughs> so you could be walking well, around in cover at the start of the game and stuff like that. <laughs> well, you know, it's, yeah. it's sea magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, oh I can't. Man. I can't wait to see what they do. I, I agree with you. I think the War Stomper's my favourite, probably because he's got a beard. Again, I like beards mm. on things. Yes. So, yes. yeah, I think uh, that's probably my favourite of the three. But they, again, they're all equally so good, really, in their own way. Oh, yeah. And also, it's a testament. I know we've not seen the kit properly, but the fact that mm. it's a testament that how well that this is one kit and look you know you obviously you can oh, tell yeah. by the, like, the legs but the fact that how different they look as well is it's, that is really mm. good from a, a yeah. tech perspective as well yeah there is there are a million little pieces hanging off of these guys belts and bellies and heads and necks and arms and feet uh that i i'm going to assume they haven't got like three different big belly plates i'm assuming they have a bare belly plate and then you mm. put stuff over it Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, nah, it, it is so cool. Like, you, you can see where the pieces connect across the variants, but just the sheer number of extra details really helps blend that away. 
it's so good. Like the the, the Kraken eaters walk around with half a boat on his back and a <laughs> club made of cannons tied together. <laughs> what else do you want? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! So good, <clears throat> so so good. Yeah, yeah. But everything we wanted, but more, and exactly. big and much more. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and continuing with Age of Sigma, we have uh, the reveal of another hero uh, for the Lumineth, uh, because we need to hear more about our delicious light elves. Mm. Uh, and this this was the rumor engine that e- engine that everyone thought looked like a sculpted marble face with like a veil over it. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a Sinari Cathala, uh, and she plays a very vital role in Lumineth society. So I believe we might have talked about it, but um, from what we know so far, Lumineth use uh, the power of the Realm of Haish and Ether Quartz to amplify their minds, to make them think faster, smarter, better. Uh, but this also has the side effect of amplifying all their emotions. And so the Lumineth channel those off into the Ether Quartz they're using to boost themselves. Mm-hmm. So that they don't attract the attention of Slanesh and don't, you know, go crazy or anything. Um, <clears throat> the Scenario Cathala's job is in the middle of a battle, she taps into all the ether quartz that her fellow Lumineth are carrying, pulls those emotions out and implants them in the enemies. So, <laughs> you know, in the middle of a fight, a Lumineth high off his mind on ether quartz is probably terrified, but he channels all that into the ether quartz so he doesn't feel it himself, it doesn't affect him. And then the Sonari come along and pull that terrifying, numbing, like, paralyzing terror and <laughs> jam it in, jam it into the mind of whoever they're fighting. And suddenly the people they're fighting are horrifically demoralized or so angry they can't think s- tactically and things like that. Mm. And that's a really cool idea. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Her yeah. model might have been sculpted by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Put that out there. Yeah. There's feet. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's a beautiful model. I it's really nice. I I love like like you were just saying. I love the concept behind it. That is from a law perspective. Mm. That is fantastic. Mm. And I I like that because it's very in keeping with what they did with the Deepkin, where you know yes. all the all the characters have quite a specific role. You know in mm. in, in in the army, but also for the how they interact with each other and things like yeah. that. They're not just like oh this is a wizard. Oh this is a champion. It's a bit more than that mm. you know i mean it's mm. it's it's that's such a cool concept and it would be interesting that if we ever do i was saying this yesterday it'd be interesting to see that if we do ever get the shadow elves if that actually becomes mm. a full concept and an army is will you get a yeah. reverse of this because obviously this is the darkness this is the shadow um mm. that mm. to go with the light will we see a, a role reversal where you have a, a shadow army with a light unit yeah. you know aspect yeah. um and i did Talking about the sort of confusing enemies and such, like I'm pretty sure it said in the reveal yesterday that one of her abilities is she can make units do, have battle shock tests. Oh, that's the Ooh. the part the point of the of what she does. One of the concepts she can do, she can make units take oh, compulsory man. battle battle shock because of that's you know, incredible. The, I'm I'm <laughs> very sure that was what was said yesterday. So holy crap, that, that, that could plays be really nicely really in. strong. <laughs> Well, Zala, and it would be interesting to see yeah. if that, if, if I'm right on that, which I'm pretty sure I am, uh, how that mm. would interact, like, with the Ossiarch Bone Reapers who don't take Battleshock mm. tests. Will that override them and, and, uh, make them take it? Yeah. I don't know. So that'd be interesting to see. So, no. Mm. And, and, and the one thing, Cameron, is 
Yeah. Imagine trying to paint that face with the veil. Oh, yeah, God, no. I'm, no. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling a lot of people might do a quick head swap after yeah. this. <laughs> um, yeah. it, is, it is beautifully painted, but this was done by the Heavy Metal team. They know yeah. what they're doing. I think it might be doable if you learned how to glaze really, really well, but mm-hmm. I'm just... I'm not even going to try if I get one of these. <laughs> Honestly, I might just paint it like a like a non-see-through veil. How does mm. she see? It's a miracle. From, Magic. <laughs> yeah, it's a miracle miracle from Teclas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's oh, magic. Uh, beautiful. She's also, uh, she's also dangerously close to setting her veil on fire, but it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. with, we're, we're getting the Lumineth Realm Lord... Uh, headwear gate issue that's mm. you know going mm. on with you know people speculating yeah. how they how they deal with that. So I, I don't think that's a problem, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she also, I think it's I think it's like a full body harness, but she has something popping up behind her head that's like the crescent moon, and like, hmm, maybe that that might be a bit rough on the neck if it's just attached to the neck. I hope it's attached to like her waist harness thing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is. Um, but yeah, yeah, so those are our AOS reveals, um, god, Sons of Bayamat are exciting, <laughs> that is, that is gonna run away with the show whenever they eventually actually come out, Agreed. um, yeah, it was worth the wait, uh, so we're mm-hmm. gonna move into our others, which are stacked to bursting <laughs> with more good, good stuff, oh my god, um, <laughs> we'll start with Necromunda. Uh, mm-hmm. So, we we had a reveal in Underhive Informant, which is a monthly Necromunda column done by Warhammer Community, uh, about more things coming, presumably alongside the release of House of Blades. Uh, these are things which already have rules, but we don't have models for yet. Uh, so, we get a stunning model for a rogue doc. Uh, she has zipped down her overalls, but she's kept her face mask on because she knows... A little bit about PPE. She's got her, <laughs> uh, she's got her uh, medigun ready to go. She's got her uh, org medic arm, presumably being sterilized, uh, ready to go. She looks incredible. Yeah, I, I love her. Yeah, <laughs> she's great. Um, and like really normally proportioned, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> an actual normal human being in 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 my Warhammer. Um, and we also we also are getting a model for a lookout who is someone your gang can hire to keep watch uh, which is Mm. nice his model is really cool looks almost a little star wars except for the axe on his waist um yeah yeah, uh someone needs to tell the forge world painters that uh these models are displayed on a bright white background because he looks like he has a bit of a tummy where I don't think he actually does because he's got like this white, he's got like this white cream undershirt and on the white background, it just looks bigger than it really is. I think he looks like he's got a big, big paunch. He's not moving around very much. He's just looking out. He's he's standing watch. So he's, he's not burning those calories off. That's entirely possible, I guess. (laughs) Um, but he looks really cool. He's like speaking into a wrist communicator thing, I think, or or maybe he's just coughing. He might be sick. Um, <laughs> uh, but he looks really cool. Uh, I might not get him as a lookout because rules wise, lookouts are not incredible. Um, mm-hmm. But he he'd be just a really good everyday dude hanging around Necromunda, a random hive scum. Um, he'd be really great for an informant for missions where you have to have a model for the informant that the gangs are trying to find. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks great. Uh, and 
we're getting more weapon options for Escher. Uh, these were shown off on a Matriarch, which is going to be the title for Escher Champions going forward. So we're getting things like the Shotgun and the Servo Claw, which is nice. So like a, a low-power Power Fist, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but this brings up the... I don't want to call it an issue. The question of what body is this on? Because we've seen the bodies for the Death Maidens and Wild Runner kits. We know mm-hmm. the bodies for the current Escher kits. This is on a body and a head that no one recognizes. So is there secretly another kit coming or will Matriarchs be Forge World only in terms of the actual technical official models? We are not sure. Also, yeah. Escher already have three weapon kits. Uh, do they need a fourth one if it's just going to be a weapon kit? Um, I think it'll be another plastic kit, honestly. Maybe yeah. like a, a smaller plastic blister. That'd be nice, actually. Mm. Like a little, a, a, a proper hero option, you like buy your pack with a single or maybe two Escher champions in it and a whole bunch of options. Yeah, just like, um, just, and, and yeah. awesome to like the 40k upgrade sprues, just, just mm. plant a nice little plastic kit, you can get a few extra gubbins. Um, mm. Yeah. That'd yeah, nice. be really nice. Yeah. Mm. I hope it's that. Um, yeah. But in much more exciting news than that. <laughs> I love Necromant, <laughs> I love Necromunda. But I love lore more. Warcry, Knight Shadow Stalkers. Mm-hmm. We oh. have been praying to Kane, Malarion, and Marathi, the trifecta of murder, for Shadow Elves. Oh, and now we have man. seen, we have seen a glimpse of Shadow Elves. So these guys are coming. Uh, we were told the Signs of the Flame wouldn't be the last Warcry warband. These guys mm-hmm. are coming as a full fledged Warcry warband. Yep. They've only shown us three models, but presumably there will be more than three. But these three models, oh damn! <laughs> um, <laughs> so we we have um, essentially uh, th- these guys really lean into the classic dark elf aesthetic from the world yep. that was. So we essentially we have a shade with dual wielding crossbows because he's awesome. Uh, we have an assassin with a sa- shadow magic cloak and a dagger. Uh, and then we have some kind of shadowy mage who, <laughs> for the first three hours after I saw this model, I was convinced it was a Melusai disguising itself. And then I looked at it properly and went, oh, no, it does have legs. It's not a snake lady. But then I went, <laughs> but what if that's part of the illusion? Because mm. seriously... Seriously, so, like, the cloak is melding into shadow and folding around the base exactly like a serpent tail, and, like, it's even phasing, so it looks like it's scaled. Is this is this a Melusai on disguise for, like, work out in the field? Because we know Marathi doesn't like people to see them, because, yeah. you know, they're a secret, they're her secret shame. Um, I, I, dude, I think this could be, the warband leader might just be a, a Melusai with shadow magic, which would be awesome. Um... <laughs> There's, there's obviously more people to come from this, but just aesthetically, they're Dark Elves from from Warhammer Fantasy with a little bit of that Age of Sigma flair thrown in. They are so good. <laughs> oh. well, well, for 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 context, um, when mm. we looked at the reveal on Discord yesterday uh, on mm. voice chat, and I came downstairs afterwards, my wife said to me. So tell me, what did you get excited about that I could hear you screaming <laughs> through the door? <laughs> and that this is what I was getting very excited about. Yeah, yeah, um, fair enough. 
<laughs> I think I went, yes, at the top of my voice <laughs> when this got shown off. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I am so happy about this warband because mm. it's ticking all the boxes for me. It's like I said, it's got that old dark health aesthetic that I really miss. Um, but it's obviously modernized in, you know, into current GW mm. sort of models. I mean, that mage type character is unbelievable on as yeah. a model. She's fantastic. She's clearly borrowed the, uh, the mask from the, uh, Harlequin shadow seer as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very much getting that vibe. Um, Oh my god, they're beautiful models, and I mm. love I love the fact now we're now starting to see non chaos, non normal faction warbands now. Mm. Like, the, yeah. like I said, these are yeah. brand new. We've not seen this type of thing before. Like, I'm hoping yeah. that they become a thing in general. Like, like I said, mm. I, I said to a few of the others, they they may you know will they make them like the Knothi, like they did with mm. with uh, Underworlds, where they're obviously a race, but they're not. They don't. They're not an army as such. You're not. You can't mm. get them as a. Uh, so I hope that they do more with them. Um, I love mm. the fact they've sort of now introduced them into Warcry in the sense that you know you're not stuck to do like oh I need to use an existing faction or I need to use one of the cast factions. It's like nope. Yeah, you know, these are coming yeah. to play now. And and yeah. yeah, and how they integrate into Warcry, which and how they integrate into AOS in general. Because um, mm. obviously when these no doubt will get AOS rules. So, mm, yeah, for who? Like um, Doors of Cain, yeah, uh, Cities I, of Sigmar, potentially. Mm, I'm going mm. to assume Daughters of Cain mm. simply because the description is that these are Marathi's like personal agents. Mm. They're her spies and assassins. So I figure they'll be folded into Daughters of Cain, or Cities of Sigmar is not a bad one, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know, like. I feel like these guys could be a mini faction that fits, like, they might have multiple faction keywords. Like, they could mm-hmm. have Daughters of Cain, Cities of Sigma, Malarions, uh, Shadow Elves, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I'm assuming when, when the full Shadow Elf thing, Malarion finally leads his armies out of Ulgu, we'll see something aesthetically similar to this, but maybe a bit more of the, the heavily armored Dark Elf stuff for the majority of it. Mm, and I think yeah. these guys would fit really well alongside that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like they, they would be nice as a sort of like mini faction that fits in between these three factions. Like they're around everywhere, but mm. they're technically working for Marathi, but they're technically also answering to Malarian or whichever free city they're currently occupying. And yeah, I don't know. They're super <laughs> cool. They're just so, so cool. They're so so good, <laughs> so simple, but so good. I mean that, and and that again. Going back to that mage, she's going to have so much conversion potential oh, yeah. as well. There's again I mean, already on people line are like, especially Drakari players in 40k. They're mm, like, right, I've got my mm. next archon sorted out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean honestly, for Harlequins, just switch out the knife hand for a pistol yeah. hand, and that's it. That's a shadow seer. You're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. Can get away with that. Great yeah. archon. Yeah. Great yeah. Archon, great, maybe like a like an Exodite, Exarch mm-hmm. or something could yeah. be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, damn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wait, I can't wait. God. And it's, it's it, I, I just wish I knew when these were coming out. I know, <laughs> you know, climate aside is, mm. you know, I hope these, I hope we're not waiting too long for these. Cause, and also the yeah. fact we've only seen three of them. There's more to come mm. of these. You know, oh, they, yeah. They, it's going to be a full not, warband. Exactly. And, oh, that means there's going to be more of them. And I can't wait. And 
<sighs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for, the, for the, the summing up of all of that. Um, so, continue with uh, specialist games and other things. We have Blackstone Fortress Ascension. Mm. Uh, so, you've opened the Hidden Vault, raided the Lair of the Amble, defeated Obsidius Malax twice, and fought all the other Chaos and Xenos enemies Blackstone Fortress can throw you. This is being pitched as the final act of Blackstone Fortress, mm. which, honestly, I wasn't sure it would have an endpoint, but it makes sense. They can't produce for it forever. But this has been a really nice set of releases, i got to say. Yep. Uh, apart, apart from maybe the Plague Marine one being a little there, uh, um, overall... Super cool. Lots of great stuff coming out for Blackstone Fortress. Um, the fortress is fully awakening. Precipice, the like little shanty spaceport that sprung up around it, is in peril, and all the explorers have to work together to prevent the Blackstone Fortress's activation mm. from destroying everything, basically. Uh, this is a different way to play. You're now sort of racing against time through the Blackstone Fortress to shut it down completely, get rid of Obsidious Malix forever, actually kill him properly. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, and it's a big expansion. New adventures, new rewards, and most importantly, new enemies. This, I think I said it on Twitter, this is the most alien thing from 40k I think I've ever seen, and it is the Guardian drones, which are essentially mm. the the full-grown versions of the little spindle drones that came <laughs> with Blackstone Fortress. Now, to give a sense of scale, one of these is holding a spindle drone. The spindle drones are about person-sized. Um, <laughs> these things are massive. They've got that weird semi-organic, semi-almost wraith-bony stuff. They're, they're, they're old one tech, right? They gotta be mm-hmm. old one tech. They're from a Blackstone mm-hmm. Fortress. They are biomechanical. They are creepy as hell. Like, they're walking mm-hmm. around on these, tr- these tripod legs with two little dangly arms to grasp mm-hmm. things. It's that's the creepy uh, bit. I think it's the hands. Yeah. Yeah. They look incredible. Um, they're gonna be a pain to paint, I am sure, but they're really cool. Uh, I'm intrigued by what, like, the symbol forming over them is meant to be. Because they've mm-hmm. got, like, this arc over their heads that is, like, a curved line with a vertical line running through it. Is that meant to be, like, a, a hieroglyph, a piece of heraldry? Who knows what that's for? It could just be a piece of technology that keeps them powered. They look awesome. Yep. Really interested <laughs> to find out what that's all about. I haven't played Blackstone Fortress in a long time, but it is a good game. And one day I might go back and get all the expansions that played through <laughs> all of them. Uh, but it's been really nice sitting on the outside, just seeing all the stuff released for it and learning Definitely. new things about 40k. Like, Zoat's still around. Amble's yeah. still around. Um, and Guardian it, and drones get really big. <laughs> I was say, it also gives them the opportunity to do these things when there's no other mm. place for them. You know, where they, yeah. like with the Zoats and like the Guardian drones, really, where would they put mm. them in 40k? Yeah. Where, you know, where it's obviously from a design and from a sculpt perspective, you're like, great, we've got a specialist game called Blackstone Fortress. Let's put mm. them in there. <laughs> and, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfect place. And, and if, mm. and one, and two, sort of two things really, I think if, if this is the last expansion for Blackstone mm. Fortress, which, you know, suggests it's going to be, it's had a great run. They've had a, you know, it's oh, had a yeah. good load of support. Absolutely. Um, but I hope sort of two things come from that. One, it inspires them to have another go at doing the AOS one again. Um, because, mm. to, you know, if this has been successful, which I'm presuming it has been, um, mm. it certainly comes across with that vibe. Also, it'd be really cool if they ended up doing a, a tabletop RPG of Blackstone Fortress yeah. as well. That would work oh, man. on yeah, a lot of levels. Um, Hell yeah. 
you know so hopefully if mm-hmm. they have that from a license perspective give it out to someone and and let them do yeah. it um yeah so yeah i can't wait to see if anything comes from that mm. all right uh and from there we'll go on to the horus heresy um now this is really cool I'm going to put it out there. So we are getting Sol Tarvitz uh, as a hero character for the Horus Heresy uh, game. Game? Yeah, it's a game. I was like, game series? Like, that's not a game series. <laughs> just game. It is a, It is just a game. Thanks, Brain. Um, so for those not in the know, Sol Tarvitz uh, was essentially... The, they're, they're billing him as the original loyalist, as in... Hmm. From the earliest mentions of the Horus Heresy, this was one of the first guys mentioned as being uh, a, a marine from a traitor legion who remained loyal. Uh, yeah. So he is from he's from the third legion. He's an emperor's child, uh, emperor's children, em- emperor's children's child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and he is super cool. I yeah. really, really love him. You should mm. read the book Fulgrim. It is, yeah. It's not really a spoiler. He dies horribly. Um, because of course he dies horribly. It's the Horus mm. Heresy, and he's a traitor Legion Marine who wants to not be a traitor. Mm. Um, but I found his really affecting because he he was killed on Istvan Three, which happened just before the Istvan Four massacre. Uh, Istvan Three is where the traitor Legion sent all of their loyalist remnants down to the surface on some random excuse of a rebellion down there, and then just virus bombed the whole planet. Yeah. Um. But Saul was really affecting in his story because he managed to survive that with a few other loyalists from all the other traitor legions, and then they held out and got sieged for weeks and actually delayed mm. things to the point where Istvan Form was not as well set up as it probably should have been. And so some people escaped that, which is their ultimate victory, I guess. Um, but, you know, he died dueling Lucius, uh, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. He's got a great story. Read the book, Fulgrim. He's in there. He's great. Uh, his model is really cool. Yeah. Uh, he's got longer hair than I imagined, but apart from that, he's got, <laughs> I want to call it a dry hander, because like a Zweihander is a two-handed <laughs> sword, but <laughs> this is a two-handed sword with room for two hands on the actual grip, but then also a foregrip on the bottom of the blade. <laughs> so it's like, you could use three hands to wield the sword if you had a third arm. Uh, he doesn't, obviously. He's a loyalist. <laughs> um, but no, he looks great. He's got the perfect level of like ostentatious trim and decoration over all his armor while still being like that more practical down-to-earth Horus Heresy era stuff. Like, yeah. he looks fabulous, but mm-hmm. he is very clearly a seasoned warrior. He's got a cloak. It looks like he's got maybe a stalker bolt rifle peeking out from behind his right leg. There's just a mm-hmm. barrel of some kind back there. Yep. Maybe a sniper rifle. Um, yeah, he's super heroic. He's doing the hero pose thing, but in his case, it works. He's Sol Tarvitz. He's got the big, thick leg armor. He looks strong. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I agree <laughs> with all those sentiments. Yeah, he's a, he's a lovely model. And again, he's mm. going to inspire a lot of conversion opportunities if you want, you know, uh, obviously oh, yeah. children in 30K or even in 40K if you wanted to uh, mm. do a, a, you know, a Empress Children Traitor Marine that still kept a lot of the aesthetic of the old mm. Legion. Because, like I said, it's, yeah. a, it's a gorgeous model. Um, it wouldn't take much to do something with him. He's he's rocking uh, very simple, uh, a uh, sort of slight uh, uh, ultramarine look, actually, with the, uh, <laughs> the the belt look that he's got yeah, going on there. That Roman, 
uh, sort of mm. thing going on. But uh, no, he's yeah. he, he's a lovely model, really well painted. And I, I I sort of mm. have a feeling that that despite this being a Forge World one, or because obviously it's going to be being thirty k, is it's been painted by potentially the uh, the GW team because it's it's not yeah. got the same yeah. sort of look that they do usually paint the. Um, mm. And we saw it also with the the word the word bearers that we spoke yeah. about last time. I swear they were. So yeah. I think there's, they're starting to shift now. Who's painting mm. these models? Because they definitely got yes. more of the GW as opposed to the Forge World uh, vibe mm. going on. But yeah, he yeah. he's gorgeous. He's a well loved character in 30k. Mm. You know, from the lore yeah. and everything. So I'm sure he is going to go down very well. Yes. Uh, moving on to even better things. <laughs> um, there's been this 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 release this reveal I should say is full of incredible stuff. Uh, we're going over to Blood Bowl. Mm. Uh, this is billed as Blood Bowl on very hard mode. We've had Blood Bowl on hard mode before with um halflings and <laughs> goblins. We now have Blood Bowl on very hard mode. We have what's, what's their names? It's not uh, links. <laughs> no, no. The, I'm, I'm, I'm the trying to remember the team. the team name. Yeah, it's, I. It's, is it Crud Creek some... Nose Crud Creek Nose Pickers? Yeah, I it, think is what it is. Yeah. Well, because because I, <laughs> I think what happened is that that we sort of that got lost in what was going on. I think it was actually after mm. the reveal that people started going, "Oh, that's actually the name of them." <laughs> Everyone just went, "Yeah, Blood Bowl Snotlings." <laughs> yeah, no one actually exactly. picked up on the name of the team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so these, this is an incredible idea. Um, I want to say. In terms of other games, balancing the meta around new releases seems to be a little difficult because, you know, you want to introduce new and cool things. And once you introduce a new and cool thing, the next thing can account for that and be even newer and cooler. And there's a bit of power creep going on, obviously, um, in 40k, Age of Sigma, even Necromunda and Warcry and things like that. But in Blood Bowl, they have fixed this by releasing teams that are roughly all on par with each other. And then when they go really crazy out there, they release intentionally weak teams and so mm. instead of having a meta arms race, we're having a meta de-escalation. <laughs> As, you know, they go, halflings, a little less powerful, but still, if you want to try real hard, there you go. And then we go even further down and go to goblins, even worse <laughs> than halflings. Then we go further down the scale to snotlings. I think this is about as low as they can go. I think so. But these models are glorious. They are so, so cute. They are adorable little gremlins. And their big thing is they have a snotling pump wagon, which is such a callback to old Warhammer Fantasy. It is beautiful. <laughs> um, it is jammed on a 32 millimeter base. It barely fits, but it's just a bunch of snotlings riding around a wheelbarrow cobbled together from spare bits, and it is gorgeous. <laughs> and like they've got so much flavor. There's the one with a mushroom who thinks he's a little wizard. Like he's got his wizard robes on. <laughs> the, you know, there's the guy playing a little trumpet or the guy hucking a ball shaped like the bad moon. They're so one's cool. Got, one's got a sock for mm. a hat. Yes. Uh, it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. And and I think, um, actually, yeah, we were saying yesterday that it'd be great to combine these with the Mega Gargants as well. Mm. You could yeah, do something yeah. really fun with that. I think, actually, I heard... Someone wanted to do a wizard in like the uh, the Sylvaneth style, but for a Mega Gargan. And you know the Sylvaneth wizards have the little spites; they're called the little mm. tree spirits. Mm-hmm. A Mega Gargan in that style, but with just all these snotlings hanging off of him, and he thinks he's a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his familiars. <laughs> oh, <that'd be> great. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> fun times. Fun times. Mm. Really, really fun times. Is. This has been such a great reveal. There's one it last really thing. Has. Yep. There's one more thing. Uh, we've seen 
uh, a still and a couple of character concept uh, boards from Hammer and Bolter, which is this um from Warhammer Storyforge. It's going to be the it's an animated anthology series for um I believe. I believe it is across AOS and 40k. It's called Hammer and Bolter, and mm-hmm. they just said across across the worlds of Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so each episode is going to have a different focus. Episode two, um, written by George Mann, who apparently writes Raving Guard stories for Black Library. Episode two is about the Sisters of Battle, which is pretty cool. Uh, so mm. we have a look at Sister Elena, who has this sort of mousy brown hair. She's got a is that a scarred eye, a bruised eye? I'm really not sure. Yeah, birthmark maybe. Who knows? Birthmark maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are looking cool, very splendid. Uh, clean white robes, clean black armor. Uh, we also see Sister Agatha, who has more of like the uh, the nun style veil over hers, but she uh, she gets the bolt pistol and uh, power sword, so she's clearly the sister superior of the group. Mm. Um, it's it's a real cool style. I like what they're yeah. going for here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think they're. I think they look like they're the Ebon Chalice Warden. Mm. I think. Yeah. Look at their colours. Should be it. So yeah. no, I, I I love this idea. The fact that they're looking to do an anthology because, like I said, it's you know there's so much goodness in you know from a lore perspective in in the mm. Warhammer universes. It's it, you'd be like, oh, you know, if they did one focus completely on something, like yeah, but you could do this, you could do that. It's like, well, <laughs> this is what they're going to try yeah. and do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been super cool. I. Mm. Really excited to see what other things come out of it because, like I said, this is an anthology show. It could be anything. Like anything yeah. that can be told in a single episode can be told here. So I'm expecting a lot of cool little short stories, effectively, but animated, which is going to be really nice. Mm. Um, and and all in this style, I assume, which is a pretty nice visual style. Honestly, it's a yeah. it's very cartoony, but like it gets across the grit. I feel like in mm-hmm. the actual the actual still from the show itself like there's dirt there's shadow and light playing across everything it looks really nice yeah it's it's almost like it's quite clean (laughs) even though it's trying to Mm. convey grime and grimdark it's actually quite clean because sometimes in some other artwork or video games that to do with warhammer because it's so dark it in yeah you can't really see the detail of things (laughs) and whereas this you can see the detail yeah it comes across as quite grimdark which is a nice uh, Mm. balance to have i think yeah yeah that sounds about right Mm. it's yeah it looks so cool um <laughs> so we we warned you it was going to be a mega news mm. it's been about we've been talking about it for about an hour actually yeah. <laughs> so it's time, to, it's time to cut this off right quick we've got more to talk about later ah that's yeah. the piece of news <laughs> Next segment. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> no, I think we're going to take a, a definitely required break uh, after all that lovely excitement. We need to wipe away that excited Ooh. sweat and perspiration yep. um, because before we ramp it up again, because we get after the break, we're going to be talking about the fabulous one. He's called Bill. Back soon. Right, it's that time. It's time to talk about the fabulous one. His name is Bill. Right, so I said we uh, we thought it would be quite appropriate to do an overview from a law perspective of Fabius Bile, considering that mm. the War of the Spider will be out sometime in the future. And obviously, uh, it's always good to know a bit of a background in these sort of characters, especially as prominent as him. Um, quick sort of spoiler alert uh, for the novels because indirectly 
we'll be spoiling some of the things in the novels, which so far are Primogenitor and Clone Lord. There will be Man yes. Player, uh, I think, next mm. month at some point. That's due out. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah. So just quick spoiler warning. Um, so if you're not aware of those books, you may get a few little twists spoiled for you, but you have been warned. Like mm. the rest of the universe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, right, let's kick it off. Let's who who is Fabius Bile? Well, a, as mm. I've already mentioned, aka the Clone Lord, aka Primogenitor. Uh, mm. He's technically a Chaos Space Marine apothecary, uh, even though that's a bit of a loose term for him in his current mm. guise, really, uh, and was obviously originally part of the Emperor's Children Legion, um, who's widely known throughout the 40k universe for his, you know, his genetic tinkering, his cloning, and basically trying to go beyond what the Emperor did with the Primarchs and the Space Marines mm. from a, you know, from a biological perspective, really. Um, yeah. His reputation knows no bounds. Thanks to his wide spanning journey in the galaxy, you know, gaining names such as, you know, the ones I've already mentioned, but he's also known as Chem Master, where on Dimonar, uh, he, or Dimonar, I should say, he forced the population to take his serums or they die horribly, um, mm. to, which ended up, you know, because he was manipulating the atmosphere, basically. Um, hey, how about on Arden 9, where he would wear a cloak of stitched skin? And make Ooh. and made the survivors carry the cloak behind him, uh, which earned <laughs> him the name Manflayer, which again will be mm. the next novel about him. Um, if you want to know about Clone Lord, that comes from on Paramar Five, where he replaced every firstborn with a vat-grown clone, which in turn <laughs> would help run the planet better. You know that old little thing that you do. Um, <laughs> this is like some you know, biblical stuff. This yeah, I know. God will kill all your firstborns. No, God will replace your firstborn yeah. with a better firstborn. Yeah. This is a man with a very twisted plan. That's what you need to understand with Fabius Bar. But putting this aside, his main goal is, like I said earlier, is to carry on what the Emperor did and go basically one step further, unlocking the genetic secrets and, you know, basically creating humanity in his own twisted image of how he thinks they should be, which, mm. as you can imagine, has had its trials and tribulations, which has basically resulted in many worlds left with abominations, you know, from the ones that he's visited anyway. Um, yeah. And because of this, he, this obviously divides what, people think of him in the imperium you know the high lords of terror the apothecarian basically despise him for what he's basically done to humanity and the gene pool uh, respectively um whereas in contrast there's chaos cults out there which call him pater mutatis um yes. which makes him sound like he's like he's got his own fairy tale um which i suppose <laughs> sort of is in its own sort of twisted way um instead so, of father christmas you got father mutatus <laughs> yeah you may, you may end up with a doppelganger uh, if you've been good he'll come down the chimney and leave you a third arm in the stocking yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Um, so, <laughs> so, and they basically wor worship him for all the mutants that he's inadvertently created. Uh, these mutants mm. or creations have obviously brought up mixed results. You've got, like I said, abominations basically wanting to die, but in some cases, you get the new men, which we'll cover a bit later, mm. uh, which have strength far beyond beyond what they should have. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he was part of the Emperor's Children, uh, and since has basically become a renegade even to them uh, as he's embarked mm. on his you know his own agenda basically um as you would imagine mm. 
he's helped the Legion with, you know, at one at some point with his their connection to Slanesh, especially obviously during the Horus Heresy where he was still part of the Legion, basically affecting their nervous systems to basically be better stimulated, you know, to another level, you know, as you would, again, as you would imagine. Uh, but despite what his former Legion think, other Legions have also taken advantage of his skills. He's, you know, it's despite it being despised, he is a very wanted man in some cases as well. Uh, basically mm. using them to boost their power, again, creating clones for them, slave fodder, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But his most important use is obviously as an apothecary um, to obviously help harvest the uh, the glands to create more uh chaos space marines uh this vital this is obviously vitally important to the chaos legions because obviously uh it means he can also negotiate negotiate deals with them uh things like that Uh, obviously with all the various legions the war bands even demon primarchs uh but effectively a bit like them he is playing his own game because ultimately if this you know what he's trying to do especially with the demon primarchs is help them equally not 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 giving Mm. any one particular favor because ultimately it keeps them keeps them happy but it means they you know they can't sort of accuse him of favoring one over the other um and obviously Mm. therefore in turn not interfere with what he's trying to accomplish um yeah. And the main yeah. thing at this moment in time uh, is obviously, since, especially since the Great Rift is open, and obviously we've had Primaris Marines, he wants to get on those Primaris Marines and uh, start tinkering around, even to the mm. point that he would love to get even Gilliman as well to yes. obviously have a tinker <laughs> with him. Uh, but he still has to deal with his own faults, including the Blight, which again we'll talk about soon, um, which comes from his Emperor's Children gene seed, uh, which obviously causes rapid decay of his body, uh, leading to cloning and to the point where he will even transfer his brain to keep himself mm. going. So yeah. that is our Fabius in a nutshell. Mm, excellent. Well, to understand a madman, you must first look at where he comes from. Mm. So we're going to look at his history and I'm going to start us off with his origins. Where did Fabius Bile come from? Well, Fabius Bile was actually born to a minor noble household from the mountains in northern Europe on Terra during the Unification Wars. So um, while the Emperor was still seizing full control of everything, getting ready to launch the Great Crusade, effectively. Uh, he was born in the city of Ingolstadt, but doesn't really remember much about it since the uh, Sade's transformation generally wipes most of your memories from early periods. But, you know, he has a love for music and a love for real leather-bound books from back <laughs> in that era. Oh, yes. Um, as an adolescent, he was inducted into the Third Legion and was one of only 200 surviving Terrans who managed to make it to Chemos and re-sort of recover Fulgrim. So he was one of the original members of the Legion and the and sort of an early... Not really a leader, but an early person of importance within the Legion and has, of course, remained as such up until the current day. Uh, <clears throat> later, he became an apothecary and was ultimately corrupted by chaos, uh, although he will, of course, deny it, <laughs> which is my favorite <laughs> thing about it. It's like, I don't serve chaos at all. And someone goes, you constantly seek for per- perfection, pleasing Slanesh. You constantly work on diseases and plagues to unleash on people, pleasing no. You constantly shed blood, pleasing corn, and your plans are always changing and are really intricate. <laughs> Zinch loves that. Of course you're corrupted by guys who goes, no, that's foolish. I'm uh, <laughs> not corrupted. <laughs> uh, now, the thing about Bile is he's not only a fantastic physician and chemist, he is actually really just a fantastic all-round leader and tactician. Uh, so later on during the Great Crusade, he actually earned the rank of Lieutenant Commander, mm. um, a rank which is occasionally 
you know, pulled on him uh, in the modern day 40k era to sort of try and get him into the, you know, you're the lieutenant commander of the legion. Be a little more responsible. Um, but at, even when he was in this leadership position, he was rarely actually away from the surgery rooms because that's where his passions laid. Uh, he didn't really see his brothers in arms as brothers in arms, but more as uh, easily accessible uh, people needed for experimentation. <laughs> uh, they are stepping stones on the tapestry of his great work. He wants to pick apart the genetic information uh, contained within other studies and sort of essentially understand the forbidden sciences that the emperor uses or used, I should say. Um, using this knowledge of genetic engineering, he gained from, uh, corpses of a particular Xenos called the Leia, uh, Aslanesh corrupted Xenos race. Um, he developed a series of modified gene seed organs, and these organs were eventually implanted into pretty much all of the Third Legion. Uh, basically everyone who joined Fulgrim in Turning Traitor got these upgraded gene seeds. And this led to the creation of the first Noise Marines, as well as a few other interesting mutations throughout their ranks. Uh, so these were things like, you know, changing the level of sensitivity of their ears, their eyes, their sense of touch and smell, and all that kind of thing. Um, but uh, also, their mod- he also modified their nervous system so that pain was rewired to stimulate the pleasure center of the brain. So the most horrific and mortal wounds actually just really got them going effectively <laughs> um which is a big thing for slash is like you enjoy pain and these guys went okay so we'll literally enjoy play- enjoy pain doesn't we won't feel it as pain it'll be really really nice i love getting <laughs> shot getting shot the best man <laughs> um but you know that was, that was a rough overview of him throughout the crusade and horus heresy these are the very basics he's well known for his work on the blight mm. Let us talk about the blight. Um, so, basically, full, you know, pre-Fulgrim, so I, before he was found and became obviously the leader of their legion. So, obviously, at this point, they were the third legion uh, and still were after that. Uh, but basically, un- before Fulgrim came along, they were basically under Legion Master Thralas, uh, and basically they were in trouble. Um, mm. And main reason, you know, part of this was that they were struggling with their numbers mainly due to a few factors. You've got basically the Selenar gene cults attacked the the gene vaults there, uh, plus an infection ended up affecting the rest of the gene seed that was in storage, plus obviously you had natural war casualties from obviously all the fighting they were doing as well. So this was, you know, these this combination of factors were taking its toll on the Legion at that point. Um, so to counter this, they decided to basically speed up the implantation of the gene seed and obviously of getting recruits through the through the the training uh and but obviously the downside to that is it brought in the possibility of the the gene seed that was infected at the same time because they weren't hanging around so they didn't really sort of uh, filter through it so come in comes fabius bile as a new recruit as an apothecary with his lovely golden hair at this point which is <laughs> in a big contrast to obviously what you see of him now and mm. therefore directly you know was involved in the the gene seed part of the process being an apothecary um so basically he made it his task to investigate it basically you know try and obviously Mm. to start with detecting the blight because obviously at this point they didn't even know how to find it let alone cure Mm. it um so the gene seed was basically you know was being destroyed with tumors and and basically decay that was this what this Mm. uh, infestation was causing so as per their legion ideals, this is something that they weren't happy with because obviously it's 
you know, anti-perfection. So, uh, they all, and obviously the fact it was affecting their numbers. So basically Fabius struggled on, uh, struggled on developing, you know, in, you know, del- sorry, delving into the genetics of the Legion, uh, and luckily eventually found a way to detect the blight. Uh, those that were fine with it were executed because again, it was, I know it sounds very harsh, but obviously, like you said, they were very, you know, much in the dealing of perfection. And obviously this was, I said, imperfection. Um, and then unfortunately for Fabius, he realized that, you know, he put himself as a, as a test subject, you know, his, his sample. And he realized that he indeed had the blight as well, uh, which, uh, so Fabius being Fabius, uh, decided he was too important to be executed. Um, so uh, not just like, I don't want to die, I'm too important to die. Mm, so yeah. obviously he needed to find a cure, of course. So again, being the way he was, he decided to switch his sample with another legionary who got executed in his place. And you again, you've got to imagine, that sounds very corrupt, and it is obviously to a, a massive degree, but obviously Fabius you know, because of the way he thinks of himself, that that wasn't a big deal. Like, yes, this yeah, other legionary yeah. can die in my place because I'm much more important. So, you know, mm. greater good and all that. Um, so he also used material from dead Marines to keep him going whilst he was finding cure. Cause obviously he was starting to decay um, and obviously was trying to hide it mm. naturally. Um, so talking to that, um, when Fulgrim was found, he thought he was going to be saved up. Oh, we've found our Primarch. Happy days. Um, you know, we'll take, we'll take new stock from Fulgrim, uh, from his genetics, uh, which, okay, that's fine for the new Marines, but unfortunately the ones that already had the blight, this was going to be of no effect to them because you can't do anything. They've, they've already got it. Um, mm. So Fabius carried on using various means to help himself keep alive. Um, but then it sort of came to the point where he realized he only had about a year left. Um, wow. where, this mm. is post uh, the Isfan 5 drop site massacre. So he basically uh, told everything to Fulgrim, who's obviously a demon prince at this point, uh, advising, mm. you know, he's been using arcane means to prolong his life rather than science. Um you know, I'm doing what needs to get the job done. Mm, ultimately, yeah. you know, for better or worse. So, mm, yeah. yeah, that's the blight. <laughs> mm. And then during the Horus Heresy in general, so Bile didn't actually fall straight down the path of Slanesh worship like the rest of his league did. <laughs> uh, he actually distanced himself from them pretty heavily and devoted himself to researching genetic engineering to sort of unlock the creation of not only Astartes, but Primarchs. Like, he is beyond insane in his ambition here. Like, he wants to reach for the highest possible level of understanding that there is. Uh, and after the, uh, after this fun drop site massacre, uh, he had explored these ancient coral enclave, uh, conclaves on his fan five, scavenging knowledge there left by chaos corrupted war singers. Well, what's a war singer? Let's check that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a renegade human psyker dedicated to Slanesh. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, just got to expand my reading real quick, guys. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it's just like, what's that? I don't remember what that is. Um, yeah. yeah, so he's, <laughs> so he's scavenging knowledge left by Chaos Psychers, effectively. Uh, later on, he joined uh, several of the other commanders of the Empress Children, including Lucius and Marius, in using essentially extreme torture to pry a demon that had possessed Fulgrim out of their Primarch, because they eventually realized that... Uh, 
Fulgrim was possessed. It took a little while. Um, and at the demand of Fulgrim, uh, Fabius began cloning Primarchs, starting with Ferris Manus. Uh, Fulgrim, Fulgrim really loved Ferris, let's put it that way. They were really close, they had a relationship really unrivaled by any between the other Primarchs. Uh, and so Fulgrim had just beheaded Ferris Manus during the Dropside Massacre and felt real bad about it and thought, if I could just try again, maybe I could get him to join us this time. Uh, and so Fabius made some Ferris Manus clones and every single clone refused to join Fulgrim and Fulgrim murdered all of them. Uh, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Just every single time. They did it one at a time and like, no, none of these clones want to, none of these clones want to join, uh, the Traitor Legions. <laughs> uh, during the heresy, he also had some very important work in reviving, uh, important members of the Emperor's Children Legion. Uh, Lord Commander Eidolon and Lucius the Eternal were both brought back from essentially death uh, because of Fabius's techniques. As the war ground on, he became more and more depraved. He tortured captive marines from both sides uh, and gave birth to this research, I should say, gave birth to Fabius didn't physically himself. Um, <laughs> gave birth to the generation of Tarata, which were sort of these enhanced Asadis, which were physically stronger than normal Marines, but were pretty prone to mutation and mental instability. So, maybe not the most perfect one there, but you know, you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelette. Yeah? Mm. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, the Horus Heresy obviously culminated with the Siege of Terror at the Emperor's, and the Emperor's Palace in particular there. The Emperor's Children at this time they invaded Terra along with Horus and the other legions, but didn't actually do a lot in the siege because they were really more concerned with the, with the civilian population of Terra. Clarks, bureaucrats, curators, and menials who just kept the whole Imperium working were were first captured and then essentially consumed. Um, more than a million were rendered down directly under Baal's supervision and turned into an array of stimulants and intoxicants for the Emperor's children to use. Uh, so just... <laughs> Just just grinding up a human population and turning them into drugs, uh, which is incredible. <laughs> uh, this, this was sort of the crowning moment of their slide into uh, Slanesh worship. Like, up until then, you know, they were getting there. But this really cemented their place as one of Slanesh's favourites. Uh, and at this point, he definitely uh, cemented himself as a scion of darkness, really. He was foremost in the experimentation of living prisoners, kept keeping them alive for weeks at a time and cataloging the results. And even amidst the carnage after the heresy itself, he was fascinated with life, not death. He sort of guided the Legion ever further into the embrace of Slanesh in terms of his experimentation. You know, they wanted to feel more, see more, understand more, and he wanted to help them along that path. Not directly because, like, chaos worship is good, but, you know, that aligned with his goals. Why not? Um, essentially, only one path was less, left of them, the pursuit of sensual excess. But Bile himself never underwent the same surgeries and so is not driven by this uh, addiction to sensation. Uh, and then after the heresy, what do we got? Mm, well... Like Cameron was saying, he didn't want to be part of this uh, decline into uh, sensuality. So, you know, like like we sort of hinted at before, he basically wants to go on his own path. So that's what he does. He goes on his own path with his own ideals. Uh, so he ends up leaving Terra just before the defeat. Uh, he takes his basically his best acolytes at this point. Uh, again, not going the route of the Emperor's children, but basically using his version of the Imperial Truth, thinking, you know what? 
There's no need mm. for these gods. They're petty. They, you know, they're no good for us. Because uh, when, when I say us, as in humanity, because despite his decline and, you know, converting to, to chaos as such, he's, he's, he's quite an enigma in that sense that, you know, he doesn't, like we said, he doesn't believe in the chaos gods. He believes in science. So... Fulgrim at this point puts a bounty on his head for leaving because obviously he's angered by losing his, you know, his head uh, apothecary at this time. Um, but, you know, basically Fabius went on his own path, gaining a reputation throughout the Imperium. Uh, again, obviously post-heresy, the Imperium is, you know, <laughs> excuse the term, but he's, they are, he is literally in chaos at this point. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's taken advantage of that, you know, the fact that, you know, it's all gone uh, to pot. So, uh, so basically what he does, he starts creating deals as he goes on different planets, i.e. I'll aid you if you give me prisoners, samples, and knowledge in return. Uh, so basically these deals, as you can imagine, were quite corrupted, even to those that agree to him. So you've got basically overlords ordering like genocides and horrific slaughter, and obviously mm. they were disgusted by this, but ultimately Bile was showing his value uh you know you basically got soldier buffing serums being created uh clones you know they're all helping these particular overlords so you know it's a you know give and take uh his reputation for these acts grew you know as again as these deals are being made across these different planets uh obviously the inquisition are starting to you know get involved at this point as you would imagine mm. um and you know basically you know, this reputation for the new men is starting to appear. Uh, mm. But, you know, it's not all play, plain sailing for him. The scouring uh, occurred, obviously, post-heresy, where, uh, like a particular example in his case, where the Salamanders finally caught up with him on a planet called <laughs> Arden 9, uh, where basically he was supporting a local renegade lord. Uh, the loyalists obviously descended and basically ended up burning all his cloning vats and refineries to ashes. As you'd imagine they would do. Uh, he was forced to flee, uh, despite taking, he did take some of the salamanders down as, as he left, uh, and ended up fleeing to the warp due, due to his ship being mm. damaged. Um, which is a whole, whole range of fun. So <laughs> he, he basically drift, drifted around the eye of terror for a, quite a while, uh, and basically used this time to experiment on the remaining acolytes. How lucky for them. Mm -hmm. um, but then conveniently for the Chaos Gods, he ended up near a demon world. Uh, this demon world was a planet known as Aram uh, and basically became his new home. Uh, it used to be, at one point, a proud Eldari planet, uh, now a husk, very appropriate for him, uh, following mm. obviously the fall of them to, ironically, to Slanesh. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where he ended up. Excellent. So, soon after this, Bile discovered that uh, the Trade Allegiance, all making their home in the Eye of Terror, really needed him. You know, he brought along powerful warriors, he had a mix of magic and technology that was simply astounding, uh, and, you know, clones and slaves were useful on many, many battlefields, but his skills as an apothecary were the most precious of all. Um, not a lot of apothecaries made it through the heresy, honestly, uh, and Bile's ability to extract gene seed and create new space marines was in high demand. Um, if he wasn't around, the Long War, of course, would be lost, and the fires of rebellion and the chaos space marines would, uh, go out forever. So, uh, Fabius Bile had a whole lot of influence at this point. Uh, <laughs> he was incredibly important. Um, and he used this to his own advantage, uh, essentially 
getting a delicate balance between all of the legions going. He sold secrets to all of them, but refused to aid any single legion more than the others. In this way, he ensured he was at the heart of this web of intrigue and deceit and genetic technology that spread across the Eye of Terror and beyond. He actually took up command of some remaining Emperor's children and regrouped at Canticle City, uh, which is their fortress on a demon world known as Harmony. That's where Fulgrim took them all. Uh, he went about continuing his work from before the heresy, trying to unravel Gene Seed's uh, secrets in both Astartes and Primarchs. And to this end, he kept cloning more and more Primarchs, uh, just as he once did Ferris Manus. At some point after the heresy, he decided to go for the big prize. He rounded up all his lads, got on a got on a fleet, and went and raided the Sons of Horus, uh, their world of Malium, and stole Horus's body. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they essentially smashed their way through the broken remnants of the Sons of Horus, stole Horus's body, and spirited it away, handing it over to Fabius Bile. And Bile made a clone of Horus. And it was a really, really good clone. It was perfect in every way. Uh, he, he's done a few of these, honestly. A lot of his Primark clones don't turn out so hot. But every now and again, he comes out with a real great one. Like, he did a few mm-hmm. good ones of Ferris Manus. He did a perfect one of Fulgrim at some point. Yep. That's for later. Um, but <laughs> in this case, he, he made a perfect clone of Horus. It was Horus in all regards. Um, Bile thought that first off, the secrets of genetics. Horus was first amongst the Primarchs. Of course, his gene seed has lots of information, but also it might carry the favor of Abaddon because Abaddon's now in charge of the sons of Horus or what is left of them at least. And he's still important. He's still a figurehead and he was very close to Horus. So if I could bring Horus back from the dead, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't we have a good relationship? <laughs> um, Abaddon was not a fan of this move, <laughs> uh, to say the least. <laughs> Uh, and actually ended up killing the clone of Horus on his, uh, on his own, uh, both because he proclaimed it a blasphemy against Horus himself, but also because it would have threatened Abaddon's position as leader of the, uh, newly renamed Black Legion. Um, the Legion came along, burned everything Bile had produced on Harmony to the ground, and, uh, Bile got himself out of there, obviously, and the rest of the Emperor's children considered this a betrayal. Uh, after this, his fellow Emperor's Children, other legions of Trader Marines, Eldari, the Dark Council, and even Fulgrim himself were all after Fabius. <laughs> he'd, uh, he'd burned a few too many bridges at that point, um, mm. and eventually returned to Urim. After this, he basically left the Trader Legion behind and became a free agent, doing his own mm. agenda. Um, he successfully cloned himself a lot. Uh, not just, like, in succession to evade, uh, the Blight, he also has just clones of himself running around doing things he needs to be done, uh, all over the galaxy, which is great. <laughs> um, essentially, he's got a whole bunch of backup secret facilities, uh, all across the galaxy, each one run by a clone of himself, uh, so presumably, even were his primary body to be killed and his clones there, he could still transfer his soul over to one of the clones halfway across the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> Just take over whatever they were doing. Um, yeah. That's kind yeah. of, that's what he did, uh, post heresy. Yeah. And I suppose as well is that it, it means that when he's getting threatened, it's almost like he can sort of relax a bit more as well because he's like, mm. well, you can threaten me, but if you kill me, there's always, yeah. uh, the other Fabius is there, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, me? So, yeah. No, I'm Fabius 3. 
Yeah. You want Fabius Prime, yeah. he's like three sectors away, man. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. He's just got a moustache <laughs> and a monocle. <laughs> oh, someone please do that. How do you know that. that one's a clone? How yeah. do you know that one's a clone? Oh, it's got an eye patch. It's the evil yeah. clone. <laughs> <laughs> I be Fabius. <laughs> oh, stop it, Pyrus Bile. Uh, right, okay, so... Uh, so, like I said, he's become a free agent, and this is where he starts getting involved in other things, particularly uh, at this point, the Shattering, and also get involved with the 13 Scars. So, the Shattering. So, basically, this is where, at this point, uh, basically, Bile created a band of uh, Chaos Space Marine Apothecaries, like a who's who, like a super group <laughs> of, from various yeah. legions uh, who were collectively known as Consortium, and he basically put them on, on Arum. Um, so, come... M34, he joined the Shattering. So basically, this was a Emperor's Children attack on the craft world of Luganath uh, to basically try to gain a way to stop the decay of his body. So by joining, you know, the Shattering, um, the plan was concocted by one of his former acolytes known as Oleander Co. Um, and basically some some Harlequins um, who have a distinctive thing with with Bar. It's quite interesting. Mm. Um, so the <laughs> so so, ba- so the plan was that uh, they would uh, basically get Bar leading the Emperor's children again. Um, that is the premise of Primogenitor, by the way, the novel. Yes. Um, <laughs> so um, they ended up with Bar refusing because, again, he's a bit like Belisarius Call. Uh, he doesn't want to be a leader. You know, he's a scientist first and foremost in his own twisted way. So he refused and basically wanted to carry on his scientific work. So that's the way that ended. Um, the 13... Scars, uh, basically, this is these were basically Drakari, um, and obviously, as we know with Drakari, they're the, the, the masters of torture. Uh, but it was rumored that Baal even trained himself on these on their methods under the homunculi of uh, Kimura. Uh, this came into play come M37 when he was captured by the coven of the 13 scars during a raid uh, on the emperor's children. Um, however, in a, in a weird twist, uh, Bile ended up becoming their guest <laughs> due to impressing <laughs> them with his torture techniques, uh, in turn, aiding them to create what was lovingly known as the tower of flesh, which basically this is the, a living fortress made from the beings <laughs> that wronged the coven. Nice. God, I know it's as uh, sick as it sounds. Um, so, as, as we all know, a tower of this type would only last a few days, um, but luckily using his potions and runes, uh, he kept it on living um, indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously in turn, the homunculi ended up teaching him some of their slightly smaller secrets, you know, sort of scratching back, mm-hmm. so to speak, um, which in itself is one of the greatest honours to get from the Jakari. You know, giving mm-hmm. their knowledge to another race is just, unheard yes. of um yeah. which obviously as you would imagine Baal took full advantage of um however it didn't all end up plain sailing because he ended up this ended up being reversed because basically he started teaching some of these uh homunculi secrets to the emperor's children um obviously the 13 scars got wind of this um and at the battle of belial 4 uh the 13 scars ended up killing the Emperor's children that he had told the secrets to, and they surgically altered his brain, uh, Bile, this is, uh, to never speak of the secrets again. So, mm, yeah. you know, don't muck around I mean, with those Jakari, Bile. 
I mean, to be fair, he still knows the secrets and can use yeah. them. He's just not yeah. allowed to tell anyone yeah, else. Yeah, so they, they compromised. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. as nasty as it sounds, they did actually leave him with these mm. these uh, yeah. secrets. You just can't tell anyone. So, yeah, he's Honestly, fine. That's, that's, a, that's a super high honour that they didn't just scrub his brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, mm. he's done all right out of it still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we'll get along to his most favoured creation, The New Men. Mm. Uh, so the Adeptus Astartes are well aware of Fabius Bile's nightmarish actions across the galaxy. In every segmentum, populations of once productive Imperial worlds have had to be completely destroyed. Mm. Uh, once Bile's, uh, essentially, once Bile's works have taken root in a population, it has to be purged by fire and sword to stop it from spreading to nearby planets. Uh, and it takes a lot of deep uh, personal investigation to ascertain how many citizens specifically fall, uh, in each area fall to Bile's genetic changes. Uh, and most of the chapters uh, charged with investigating those worlds find whole planets populated by ragged hordes of debased monsters. Uh, not all of these are mercy killings. A lot of the time, they fight back. Um but on dozens, maybe even hundreds of worlds, space marines have encountered fierce resistance from cadres of enhanced humans fighting with strength and cunning. These altered half-spawn exhibit strength, speed, and intelligence much higher than the human norm and are depraved and psychotic killers. These are Bile's new men. They are fickle, selfish, obsessive, aggressive, murderous, echoing their creator in more than just their physique. Each of mankind's worst traits has been brought to the fore and magnified tenfold, Married with the psychology of a tyrant and the strength of a madman. Even the Inquisition have no idea how many of these new men have escaped out into the galaxy. Uh, a lot of their alterations are really subtle, corded muscles and crazed minds that are hidden in plain view until they essentially snap and lose it and go on killing sprees. Um, <laughs> new men are one of my favorite things. Uh, these, these, this is talking about the new men that are out in the world, as it were, uh, the ones that Bile has just kind of let loose as a dead end, effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the novels, we see, like, he has essentially a, a little colony of these new men that he's continually working on on board his ship. Mm. And they are super cool. Uh, they are essentially space marine killers. He has trained and engineered them to work as a pack to tear someone in p- power armor to pieces with their bare yeah. hands and some knives. Which is crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> they are super cool. They're super badass. They they are one of the best bits of those books. Is like hearing about like because they've got their own culture again. Like these yeah. are not. It's not just new men in terms of a new physiology. He's teaching them to behave and learn and think differently. Than, mm. And uh, they even breed with role. each other and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's super cool. Um, I believe I'm also in charge of Bylon Baal. Yes, I am. Bylon mm, Baal, you say. Mm, I never heard yes. about this. What's he doing with the Blood Angels now? <laughs> um, so, it turns out the Blood Angels went through a little bit of a civil war on the Shrine World of Sabian, and if they were going to survive past that, they needed uh, the help of their successor chapters. Commander Dante summoned all of the Blood Angels' successor chapters for a conclave on Baal and asked them to aid uh, the chapter in the protection of Baal from both the forces of chaos and the Tyranids. While Dante was leading this discussion at the Conclave, the Apothecaria was working on a way to re- replenish all the lost Blood Angels in one swift stroke. They were going to clone them. Isn't mm. that smart? Oh, lo- yes. Uh, lost out of the replique. <laughs> uh, Caecus, or Cecus, was the chief Apothecary of the Blood Angels and was really disturbed by how low their numbers had dropped. He was dreading the extinction of his chapter. He did 
many fruitless experiments, which Commander Dante ordered him to stop uh, uh, <laughs> as he attempted to clone Space Marines, uh, because he wanted to go through, get rid of this long, arduous process of selecting a candidate, weeding out all the weak candidates, implanting the gene seed, finding out the gene seed kills this particular candidate, and doing that to, you know, one in a hundred candidates make it through. It takes forever. You have to wait years and years and years to get a fully formed Space Marine. Why not just clone them? It's yeah. so smart. Yeah. Um, Dante told him to stop this. It's not a good idea. Caesar went, no. In secret, continued to do these experiments, aided, prodded along this path by an agent of Fabius Bile. He was tricked into bringing Fabius Bile to Baal. Uh, to be fair on him, Fabius was disguised as a Magos biologist, Haran Serpens. Uh, <laughs> totally not a sinister name at all. Uh, so this Magos... Uh, the, Ceases, the apothecary, was like, yes, this Magos is a renowned Magos. He's been working on cloning. It's He's known across the galaxy. Of course he can help us. Um, uh, so, obviously, he would help uh, clone the Blood Angels. Uh, but Bile duped him, and they only managed to create these monstrous mutant Astartes known as Blood Fiends that were in, th- in the enthrallment of the Red Thirst constantly. They couldn't resist their vampiric nature. They had to have blood. Uh, they were this, uh, this shattered image of what a blood angel would be, but lacked all the human qualities. They had all their natural mutations enhanced, the thirst for blood, the fangs, the pale skin, and every drop of blood they consumed, that red thirst grew stronger. They actually broke free from Cesus's laboratory and ran rampant throughout the blood angel's fortress <laughs> monastery. Um... Yes, during their rampage, Bile stole a little glass vial that Ceases had, uh, a little bit of blood mi- that was a mix of Sanguinius's blood and the blood of sanguinary priests. This is a very important thing. Um, some of these blood fiends uh, actually assaulted the chapel that this particular vial came from, and Brother Corbulo knew what they were after. They're after the blood. Not just any yeah. blood, the blood. Uh, Brother yeah. Corbulo, Corbulo being the head sanguinary priest of the Blood Angels. Uh, he fought them off, but the largest of them, who unarmored was as big as the Terminator, threw him aside, grabbed the Red Grail, which was a... It's a cup containing the last drops of Sanguinius's blood, and drank the whole thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, they drank Sanguinius's blood. <laughs> just, oof. Um, in the aftermath of this desecration, Bile had got what he wanted. He had a sample of Sanguinis' blood. He had a sample of Sanguinary Priest blood. He had everything he wanted, so he escaped Bile and went on with his life. He didn't care what <laughs> happened to them after that. <laughs> I've just destroyed the heart of this chapter. It was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, go read the newspaper. <laughs> Put your feet up, Bile. <laughs> so... Uh, so what came next was the Black Tide uh, off the back of this. So this is probably best known as Fabius Baal Hide and Seek. Um, mm. So so Baal had been made safe from Baal and his creations at this point. Uh, so Dante ordered uh, Sergeant Raffin to basically recover the missing vial. 
uh, of the blood of Sanguinius uh, that Cameron was talking about, and obviously execute mm-hmm. Baal for his devious actions at the same time because it's as easy <laughs> as that. Um, yeah. Raffin ended up tracking him down on the, uh, the strike cruiser uh, Tycho, but couldn't be found on there. Um, so then mm. what Raffin decided to do was team up with Sergeant Knox of the Flesh Terrors and basically use their squads to basically team together to find him quicker, more, you know, more Marines, more we can try and do. Um, which basically ended up leading them to the vessel known as the Archeohort, uh, which is basically a admech ship uh, under Magos mm-hmm. uh, Mathen Zelik, uh, who basically had connections with Bile. Uh, basically, Zelik was Magos Haran Serpents, uh, that Cameron was saying about, mm-hmm. um, which is the alias obviously used by Bile to get into the Fortress mm-hmm. Monastery on Bile. So the Marine, these particular, you know, the combination of uh, Blood Angels and Flesh Terrors, the Marines made their way to his trophy room on the, um, uh, this is Zelik's trophy room mm. uh, on his particular ship. Um, so they decided to go um, all medieval and start smashing up his relics to make him surrender. Mm. Um, <laughs> and uh, with the combined, you know, with the, with the combined ships uh, at their disposal, um, they basically traveled to uh, Dicas uh, five uh, in the Gulsar uh, region, basically where Zelik had, had, had uh, last had contact with Magos serpents in air quotes, <laughs> i.e. I bile. So mm. basically this particular planet is quite a strange world. Um, as it still had its oceans despite being taken over by Tyranids. Um, mm. In these particular oceans were these aquatic evolved Tyranids, which sound amazing. So we need that to be a thing, um, but <laughs> model-wise. Uh, but yes. um, but were dis- um, sorry, disconnected from the hive mind, obviously, because they disappeared. Um, the secret? Basically, Baal had modified a... a, a one of the tyrannies to basically create pheromones uh, to confuse and hide his base in the ocean from the tyranny. It's like a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> He's got a base at the bottom of an ocean with Tyranid uh, sort of floating sure. around. Um, <laughs> so um, the the Blood Angels and Flesh Terror Marines uh, basically descended on the planet and onto the oceans, um, ended up sacrificing Zelik's ship in the process to get down there, um, and obviously ended up fighting these huge tyrannid creatures and they're absolutely massive um raffin ended up becomes becoming separated uh and obviously ended up resurfacing from because obviously they're fighting around the water um but unfortunately was captured by bile slaves and taken to him but before they were taken to him a secretive uh maggot creature was implanted in him dun, dun, mm. dun. Uh, 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 so the emperor project uh fadis bile was essentially at this point monologuing to Raffin <laughs> uh, about uh, about his scheme to use Sanguinis' blood to complete his most audacious scheme. He's tired of researching Astartes. He's tired of researching Primarchs. He's done that enough. He's going <laughs> to get the Emperor's genetic clone and clone <laughs> the Emperor. Make a clone of the Emperor that Bile would control with all of the Emperor's psychic powers and other attributes, but no moral sensitivities. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for thousands of years, Bile had been collecting body parts and genetic material to further this project. Uh, Sanguinis' blood, of course, carries a purer strain of the Emperor's DNA. Uh, the Emperor made the Primarchs from his own blood, then made the Astartes from the Primarchs' blood, so, you know, that's how it goes. Um, 
and this was a huge leap forward in Bile's ambitions. Uh, Raffin was severely weakened, but managed to wrest his way out of his restraints and tear out Bile's throat with his teeth, killing him immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, following this assassination, Raffin was taken to an arena where he was forced to race against mutants and other captured marines, lest he be killed. But during this contest, he saw Bile just watching from the stands, uh, somehow still alive. Uh, during this, he cap- he met a captured Doom Eagles marine and conspired with him to es- essentially start a rebellion amongst all the other captured marines and the slaves uh, against the Clone Lord. Meanwhile, Sergeant Knox had taken control of the uh, Space Marine Strike Force and started assaulting this fortress complex they were all in. Uh, Brother Ceres, a librarian in Raffin's squad, uh, told the squad leader to destroy a warp signature to prevent Bile from es- escaping. Uh, this warp signature turned out to be a captured zoanthrope that Bile had harvested and bent to his will, allowing him to create warp portals as well as ward off the local tyrannids. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, uh, Raffin managed to destroy it uh, and thus cut off Bile's escape route of just opening a little hole in reality and going on through. Uh, during the during the ensuing battle, Fabius Bile was killed no less than four times. <laughs> uh, the truth of the matter was revealed when Raffin and his allies found a pair of Biles uh, working together, uh, because Fabius Bile wasn't actually even on the planet at the time. He had this facility with a bunch of other Fabiuses running around, taking control of it. Um <laughs> However, one of the one of the clones they confronted did have the file of Sanguinis's blood, uh, and Raffin managed to take it from the clone and inject it into an, into himself, temporarily giving himself enormous strength and power as the blood of Sanguinius <laughs> flowed through him. Um, but Bile said, eh, whatever. Uh, he had already fully analyzed the blood and grasped the genetic sequence. He didn't need the blood itself. He just needed the knowledge contained within, so he didn't care. Uh, the Space Marines then managed to teleport away uh, back to their strike cruiser while the Tyranids started going nuts because they weren't being tricked by this pheromone uh, slash hive mind trick that Bile had used with the Zoanthrope anymore. <laughs> Following these events, Bile is presumably still alive and well on uh, Urum. His knowledge of the Emperor's DNA is intact, but his project has suffered major delays thanks to this act by the Blood Angels and Flesh Terrors. Uh, he was offered an alliance by a demon prince known as Malphalax to take revenge, but it's not known whether or not he accepted it. Oh, oh, mm. I say. Well, um, let's, let's talk about some of the uh, remaining things he got up to in more recent times. Um, let's go back to the Primaris. So, um, obviously, when the Great Rift happened, he was basically on uh, the planet of Agathane Excelia, um, and basically, in turn... With the Great Rift happening, he learnt about the existence of Primaris Marines. And obviously, mm. you could imagine a wide-eyed Fabius Bar at this point going, Ooh, <laughs> I like those. They're shiny. You know, I know a lot of people don't like Primaris Marines out there, but Fabius Bile did. Mm. Um, so, obviously, he learnt the uh, existence of them. Um, his sort of contact with them was the uh, the, the recently created uh, Nemesaur chapter uh, where they basically captured a 
Black Legion Fortress in about an hour, which is relatively unheard of, uh, obviously as part of the Indominus Crusade. Um, so despite being the creations of Belisarius' call, he was actually deeply impressed by them uh, and obviously became very driven and obsessed with capturing them or looking to capture them, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, to then in turn dissect them and obviously basically turn them into his own you know, chaos-powered Primaris Marines. Um, so that's an ongoing saga at the moment. Um, but let's talk about probably one of my favorite things when it comes to Fabius Bar that was hinted at earlier, and that's the cloning of Fulgrim. So during the 41st millennium, he finally did it. Bar managed to create a pure, uncorrupted copy of Fulgrim. And I remember this is a pre Slanesh Fulgrim as well. This is like the original type. Uh, and again, spoiler, this is Clone Lord novel, if you, if you yeah. get around to reading it. Um, and it, it, to the point where it even shocked Bile how he'd managed to do it. Because obviously, even though he's very confident of his stuff, obviously, as Cameron said earlier, when it comes to cloning Primarchs, it's very hit and miss. And he finally managed to do something that he thought, arguably, he may never be able to do. Um, as expected, with this clone being a Primarch, he aged quickly um, and even had the genetic memories to remember the Great Crusade and the Horus Heresy. Now, the funny thing is, these memories led to the Fulgrim clone having actually deep regret for his actions in the Heresy, because obviously he was looking at it in a, you know, a pre pre chaos, you know, hindsight way of looking at things. Mm. So he had, like I said, deep regret for what he'd done in the Heresy, yes. you know, obviously including killing Ferris Manus, his brother, mm. and obviously ultimately falling into chaos. And basically, he wanted to atone for what he had done. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but I love this, but, but bile being bile, um, mm. again, that's going to be a new phrase. Um, but before mm. this could happen, uh, basically he ended up betraying the clone to the Necron overlord, uh, Trazin, <laughs> the infinite, um, where basically the Fulgrim clone became part of his tomb world of, uh, of Solemnance, um, basically, which is like this storage <laughs> storage facility mm. his own personal collection of figures yes. from uh, 40k history and obviously including a clone of fulgrim um yes. but to be fair <laughs> as, as comedic as that sounds uh Bile's mm. reason was quite genuine because uh, obviously what he's what he actually feared by you know dealing with the clone is that the clone was an exact copy of fulgrim that he was fulgrim for better or Mm. worse and ultimately would make the same mistakes that the original fulgrim would make so i think he just basically thought i'm not going to change him i've I've made Mm. him but he's still going to go the path which led to the demise of the emperor's children and and going Mm. against what you know what um bile wants so he gave him away (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i mean to be fair he gave him away for a whole crate of empress children gene seeds yes which is a big trade-up yeah that's (laughs) true and it'd be interesting to see if that comes about in the next novel man flayer as well Mm. which i'm sure it will (laughs) i can't wait for that (laughs) so yeah oh man yeah um i'll wrap this up with a quick cover of his uh war gear what he has Mm. what he what what uh what's he wearing um, so, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? <laughs> mm. uh, so first off, he wears Artificer Power Armor. Uh, his particular power armor is, of course, tainted by chaos, but contains multiple devices of his own invention intended to fill his veins with powerful stimulants and painkillers to make him more effective in combat. And also, you know, make sure he's never incapacitated by the fact that he has terrible, terrible cancer. <laughs> um, because, yeah, he, he is, he's in a rough spot. Um the most famous part of his war gear is probably the Chirigen, 
Uh, so this is a device that is integrated into his power armor's backpack. It's partly sorcerous, partly technological. It's attached to his backpack, but also plugs into his spine. Uh, and it's a series of these spidery limbs that pumps warp-charged ichor throughout Fabius's body, resulting in vast uh, variations in his strength and other abilities. Uh, it gives him many of the immunities enjoyed by demons, but also boosts his physical abilities to superhuman levels. Uh, he can also use it to bestow enhancement upon others. Uh, sometimes these experiments are a success. Uh, sometimes they just can't take it and explode uh, whenever he injects them with whatever the Chirurgeon is using to keep him alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a construction that he made himself, and he's perfected it over a long period of time to intimately bond with him, so he can even perform surgery on himself with it, which he often does. Uh, he also has the Rod of Torment, a Hellforged close combat weapon that was once a scepter of office belonging to the demon prince Schlaklak, Marquis of Mutilation, uh, which is a great title. Uh, <laughs> Bile reforged it into his own purposes, and essentially what it does is it amplifies the slightest touch into a raging maelstrom of agony. Uh, Fabius actually thinks it's kind of crude and blunt, but it is very useful as you can just tap someone on the head and they will pass out from the pain, which is <laughs> hilarious. Um, he also has a Zyklos Needler, which is an Archaeotech weapon. Uh, it's a gun that shoots uh, essentially a capillary, a thin capillary tube filled with Bile's latest serums. Uh, the smallest scratch can induce psychotic premonitions of tortures that might happen if Fabius captures you, or it might cause you to mutate uncontrollably or even spontaneously combust. Uh, really, whatever effect Fabius wants, he can induce upon you with his cool little needle gun. Um, <laughs> he, also, he also has a bolt pistol if he needs it. He usually doesn't need it. Um, no. <laughs> but a very important part of his war gear is enhanced warriors. Fabius is never caught out alone. Uh, he is very careful, he's very cunning, and he always makes sure he has a cadre of enhanced space marines around him. Uh, they don't always do quite as well as he would hope, but in general, they're that little bit better than the average of studies, and that's all he needs. Uh, yeah, uh, and so that that's how he rolls out into the battlefield. He yeah. is... So cool. There's a picture of his old model here, and it's so <laughs> and I love that his new one is just a perfect upgrade. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, mm. definitely. I love Fabius. He is such a good character. He really is, and I, I I think this he's he's quite perplexing as well because he's a mm. bit like a lot of the characters you see in 40k where they yeah. they are very yeah. grey. They're very. Mm. You know, they're not, he's not just a bad guy. Oh, he's a chaos space marine, you know, he's, he, mm. you know, who does experiments. He's like, yeah, that's, you could say that about him, but there's a lot more, you know, to him. And, yeah. and, and uh, the, the irony over there is that his sort of goal and path is actually based on good logic and a mm. noble thing. He's actually trying to make humanity better. That's actually yeah. what he's trying to do. He's not trying to turn them to chaos like a lot no. of his former you know, mm. colleagues in the, in the Empress children <laughs> and the other legions are doing, you know, he's not about mm. that, you know, obviously, yes, there is a no. dark side to him. He tortures, mm. you know, he makes some very weird experiments, but he's actually trying to, to make humanity better. It's just in a very yeah. twisted way. And he, yeah. you know, and he's, he's, a, he's interesting when you compare him to Belisarius cool, because mm. here's the question. Are they, are they very different from each other? 
yeah, I would say Don't not know. too different. No, yeah. I wouldn't say so. I mean, okay, one's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, the big thing is Fabius doesn't understand how deeply corrupted he is and how everything he does will probably work towards that end now. But <laughs> the important thing is he's trying. Whereas Belisarius Call, we don't know if he's, like, on the edge there, but, yeah. Yeah. Call also took a way lot longer to do one thing. I was just <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And, and, I sp- and I suppose, to be fair, Fabius is more cruder with the way he does mm. things, whereas obviously, in in effect, Call is a bit more cleaner in, you know, obviously with yeah. the, the Primaris Marines. But like I said, they're, they're on two different, you know, sides of the coin, but, you know, they're not far different from each other, really, mm. because they, like I said, they are trying to seek perfection, they, and they both don't want to be leaders, as we saw when we spoke mm. about the great work with Fabi- um, with uh, Belisarius Call. He's, you know, he doesn't want to be fabricator general. We've seen it with yeah. Fabius, where he's like, no, no, I don't want to be in charge of the Emperor's children. You know, that's not my thing. <laughs> um, so mm. they're very, so they've got very, very big similarities amongst them. It's just the way they go about things is different. Mm. And, um, and I love the fact that, and as we'll see, hopefully when we when we talk about the uh, agents of Bile in in the next topic, um, but mm. it, they they it, he's a neutral character in a way, and it's lovely that you you see this character doing his own yeah. thing, not like ah oh, blood, uh, let's just kill everyone. And it's like <laughs> yeah, that's cool, that has its place, and obviously. You know, yeah. it's it's the you know the war carries on in the in the mm. in the forty k universe, but it's good that he's doing his own thing and creating his own thing, and that's why I'm very excited, you know, to see what we see with the um, uh, agents mm. of bile. Um, and talking to that, I think what we'll do is we'll yep. have our last little break, and mm. then when we return, guess what? More Fabius! Hooray! Yay. Back soon. Okie dokie. Right. Back for a discussion topic. Oh, I'm all lightheaded, not knowing what one of these things are, because we haven't done one uh, for a while. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> we're about three or four episodes. Yeah. So, uh, so we're going we're gonna to carry on the topic of Fabius Bar because we thought it would be appropriate. So, um, as we know, like I said, War of the Spider is coming some point. Um, and therefore the agents of bile are coming as a new little sub faction. Um, mm. and so we thought we would talk about what we think that may entail really. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, uh, we're with the information coming out about these things via the uh, community page. We mm. may, by the time this comes out in the next week or so, <laughs> we may get more news. <laughs> so this could be completely irrelevant mm. or whatever, but you know, that's the way it goes. So, yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, so Cameron, what do you think we're you know what what do you think we're going to see of this faction? Like, what do you think it's going to be based on? Is it do you think it's going to be based on primarily Chaos Space Marines? Yeah, I think so because it's being touted as a new Chaos Space Marine sub faction, mm. I believe. Um, so I I have no doubt that it's just going to be another Legion keyword instead of you know Emperor's Children or Death Guard or Black Legion. You just get Agents of Bile for your Legion keyword, mm-hmm. but I kind of really hope we get maybe a couple of unique uh, units. It would be nice. We'll get Fabius Bile, obviously. <laughs> um, but I would like I would like a new unit to represent like an actual cadre of new men because you can have cultists to represent the mutants and the rebels that he attracts to his side. Obviously, yeah. You can have 
Chaos Space Marines and chosen to represent the Chaos Marines who ally themselves with him, but I would love to see a specific new men unit who are just humans with a better stat line and really good in melee, I would say, would probably be the best way to do them. Um, lots of attacks, maybe bonuses against Adeptus Astartes or uh, Heretic Astartes, I think would be really cool. Uh, but I would actually like to see a Chaos Primaris unit as mm. well. As a specific unit for them. Um, literally, just take the Intercessor kit, file the Achilles off, file the Imperial <laughs> iconography off, and then paint paint it purple, I guess, would be Bile's colors. He does still wear the old Empress Children colors, even though he's not an Empress mm, child he does, yeah. anymore. Um, so I guess that might be the army go with. But yeah, just like Renegade. Yeah, I I feel he's going to fall more into like that Renegade chapters uh, yeah. style of thing rather than the full Legion thing. Um, but it would be cool if you could get a few different units in. Um, probably won't, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, because I suppose it's got to be enough for you to run it as an army because that's obviously what it's mm. in that sub faction. It's trying to be its own thing so that so it has to have a bit of depth to it otherwise if it was just like like i said just chaos space marine just the normal chaos space marine squads and that was it that wouldn't really be enough to sort of yeah flesh the army out separate yeah no exactly so yeah you're right i mean you could have a unit of was it the gland hounds i think they're called aren't they Mm. his sort of those hunter ones so they could be like an elite unit or even a fast attack unit potentially Mm. uh depends on obviously the way they run them um yeah i think i i'm hoping they may do something to do with apothecaries obviously the consortium his yeah, his group yeah. of apothecaries like because obviously we don't really see them as a thing for care space marines it'd be cool if they become a thing but obviously primarily to you know to to raise units that have you know fallen mm. and things like that so that'd be quite a cool little concept where you've got like multiple care space marine apothecaries from different you know from yeah. the different legions and where you can like i said put different the the various iconography on them as well and they're raising you know raising mm. the dead or the ones that or you know such like so that would be quite cool um yeah. yeah i mean it's i yeah it's a funny one really i think it's whether it's i suppose it's how they achieve it from a model perspective as well because obviously mm. we're not going to apart from Fabulous Bile, realistically, we're not going to see any other models for this. So they need yeah. to make it with obviously what's existing. Um, mm. but hopefully, I'm, I'm just hoping they make it in a situation where they're making it quite creative. Where I know, I know, I know yeah. there's obviously nothing stopping people doing stuff, but no, you know, where no. you know, with like what we saw with um, like Primaris Death Company and things like that, where it's mm. like they're mm. just they're just intercessors. And yeah. that's it. Like, there's not, you know, it's not to really overly criticize it, but it was a bit lazy. You know, it would be hopefully yeah. it's a bit more than that, where it's like, no, no, here's some really cool, you know, Space Marine units. Um, they're renegades. Mm. They, they, you know, it'd be great if they can have like random buffs, you know, like I said, due to yeah. the, the way they work. Yeah. But it'd be good if it'd be actually really cool if they come with weird side effects as well. Um, mm. where you've just got like rampaging <laughs> renegades where you <laughs> lose control because the, you know, because mm. the, their stims go out of control. I know obviously from a competitive point of view, that wouldn't be very cool, but no. you know, it'd be cool yeah. from a narrative perspective. At least it'd be really funny where the, these care space yeah. just start, you know, going against what they should be doing and, and such. That'd be mm. really, that'd be really fun. I think. Yeah. I think we'll probably get 
a lot of the flavor through those at the start of the game stratagem style things. <laughs> like, um, like you get with the Chaos Knights, you get your vows at the start of the game and stuff like that. I think there will be, there'll, if we don't see new men as a unit or gland hounds as a unit, I think there will definitely be a stratagem at the start of the game for pick, you know, spend a CP, pick a cultist unit. They all get plus one weapon skill, plus one ballistic skill, plus one strength, plus one toughness. Yeah. Or something like that. Because then, then they're pretty good, honestly. Then they're basically unarmored marines running around with auto guns or with auto pistols and close combat weapons. Mm. Like, that's not that's not awful, honestly, for how however many points you're paying for them. Um, <laughs> not a lot. Cold is like five points, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, something like that. Or they could simply have a decent, uh, quote-unquote, legion trait and then have the cultists just don't get the mere models rule, so they get the legion trait because mm. they're the ones Fabius is more focused on than the actual marines. Mm. Um, again, we'll see. I really, I really think we'll get a stratagem like that, probably one for marine squads as well, like, you know, call it, call it a uh, new experiment or whatever, pick a marine <laughs> squad, roll a d6 and consult the chart for what buff they get. Uh, you can use this multiple times on a squad, but if you use it more than once, roll a d6, check the detriment chart as well. So you can have like a unit with one buff or a unit with two buffs and a detriment or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be overboard. I think, like, cause no. again, I think it'll be, because they won't want to completely rejig the whole of Chaos Space Marines. I suppose it's just making it that nice balance of thematic. And, but an, and enough for you to want to play with them as well. Um, mm. I think it'd be interesting to see if they restrict anything as well. Like, will yeah. they, because of obviously he's not, he's very anti chaos. Will they sort of, you mm. know, what, what, what will psychers have a place? Will demons have a place? You know, because obviously mm. he's, you know, he, he uses them, but only when it suits him really. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see yeah. if they're, if you, you know, whether it's like mm. a free for all. Yeah, you can take everything and only, like, for example, where so only certain units have benefits like Chaos Space Marines, Chaos Cultists, and everything else you take mm. is just bog standard yeah. what they yeah. already are. Or will it go, well, you can take all these units and do cool stuff with them, but you can't actually do anything with these because mm. it sort of conflicts with the fluff? Yeah. Don't know. I think mm, we'll probably see maybe a Noise Marine squad at least being able to be mm-hmm. taken. Because, again, that's the thing all Chaos Space Marine armies can take. They can take Noise Marines. But Fabius, in the books, has a specific squad of Noise Marines that he's done extra work on. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's integrated Wraithbone and stuff into them. They're they're one of my favorite parts of the book, actually, as well. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of favorite parts of those books, I'm just saying. But, like, (laughs) I love hearing about those Noise Marines that are weird and sort of more contemplative because they've been merged with some Eldari Wraithbone, they think about things differently, they're tending a Wraithbone garden that they're singing into being mm-hmm. together and things like that. Um, and they, they seem less out of it than regular Noise Marines. Like, they, they talk to people, they think, they experience the world as well as just everything uh, sensation-wise that a Noise Marine should be. Um, that would be interesting. It, I was gonna say, it feels weird. I think there might be... If not actual restrictions, I think people making a Fabius uh, and Agents of Bile Army will have their own restrictions because it feels really weird for me for like him to roll around with like a Predator and a Land Raider and a Defiler yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Like I, I think maybe maybe Rhinos, maybe, mm. Mm. but this feels really like it should be like a really infantry focused uh, setting setting yeah. uh, sub faction. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. I, I was actually also thinking as well, going back to the, the sort of cultists and sort of maybe playing into the gland hounds, because obviously, because in the fluff, they've got their sort of hierarchy thing where they've got like an alpha and a, you know, and obviously a, a sort of hierarchy amongst them. I'm wondering if how that could sort of play into like morale and things like that, where they say mm. they, when they do a morale check, you've got to check whether they sort of keep in line with each other. And obviously if you lose what would be mm. their equivalent of like a sergeant, then you yeah. get to replace them with another one, you know, like one yeah, steps up, maybe. you know, or something like that, mm. you know, cause obviously you can get rules where you can specify what units uh, like for example, with the 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 death jester in the Harlequins, for example, that I know that one of yeah. the rules they do if they kill uh, a unit, or sorry, no, if they attack a unit, I believe that one of the if one of the um, you sorry if that unit loses to uh, uses uh, to uh, morale, that the mm. death chest the death jester player can pick who goes first. You know, like they can go, oh well, mm. you're going to lose your mm. sergeant. Because I'm lying yeah. that way. So I wonder if that, you know, you could have some sort of where that doesn't happen mm. with the, you know, with the gland hounds, for example, because they would just pick yeah. another yeah. one to become Maybe. their sort of alpha, you know. So mm. that could be quite cool. You know what? I am 100% certain we will see. It'll either be on Fabius's stat sheet or it will be a stratagem. But when he dies, you will have the option to turn another Marine on the field into his clone and put yeah. him down. Yes. Yeah. That'd that's be amazing. Gotta, that's gotta be in there right <laughs> yeah that'd be cool that'd be really he, cool and he, he was just hiding out in the back of the chosen squad the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yeah they'll miss a trick if they don't do something like that really so yeah it'd be that'd be really thematic yeah i would love that so yeah I, yeah I, I i just hope it i it'd be cool if they give it some flexibility as well like i said even if it is through mm. the stratagems where you can you can sort of go ah we've done something you know, mutated yeah. these particular care space marine squads. So, like I said, they get mm. a buff of sort. You know, where you can almost customize how you yeah. buff them. You know, even if there is some mm. sort of. Um, I, again, I wouldn't even mind if if there was a sort of a pro and con to each one. We go right, yeah, they get more attacks, but you know, yeah. then their their um, you know their leadership goes down because of it. You know, mm. for example, just so there's of you know not everything's always you know. Uh, give so uh, yeah mm. that'd be mm. that'd be really cool um oh, any other absolutely. thoughts um i just want them i just want the ability to make it flavorful because i'm planning mm. on at some point making a little detachment of these mm. even if it's just like even if it's a patrol where it's like fabius and two and a unit of cultists and a unit of marines like <laughs> yeah. 500 point patrol something like that yeah because i i think if they really let us tinker around with stat lines and stuff uh, that was something I didn't mention, the hobby uh, stuff. I wrote out a proper list for my Goliaths and Necromunda, and it was really fun tinkering <laughs> mm-hmm. with all the genetic upgrades. Like, yeah. You can gene smithy everyone to exactly what you want with buffs and debuffs. Uh, I think that'd be really cool. They'll miss they'll miss a trick, as you say, if they don't let us mess around with unit stats to some degree, whether it's through stratagems or the Legion ability, uh, the Legion trait, I should say. Maybe it just innately changes the stat lines around. Because... This is going to be a modeler's dream. This fact. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. this is Games Workshop going go nuts. Do whatever mm. you want. And I'm thinking if we can buff up cultists for better stats, Necromunda models are going to be perfect for like Fabius experiments, like the Goliaths. If you buff up their strength or toughness, the mm. Eshu, if you buff up their movement and stuff like that. Yeah. Like yeah. depending on what it actually is. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, and that's what I'm hoping that we've seen it before, where they do let people go a bit crazy, and that's what 
people want. And that's why, mm. you know, even if it's not a powerful faction, because again, not everything has to be powerful yeah. from a, a competitive point. Just make it flavoursome where it's just like, like you said, mm. you can go to, mm. with a, from a conversion kit bashing perspective, you can go to town and then go, yes, and I've got some really cool thematic rules. I'm not going to win all the time, but it's just going to be fun yeah. playing around mm. with these and, and having Fabius on the, on the tabletop as well. So yeah, mm. I, mm. I, I, I hope it doesn't disappoint. I'm really sort of hoping yeah. that this sort of delivers in some sort of capacity. And I, I yeah, I mean, mm. the fact that they've made them, uh, made it a point that they're a thing, you know, that there, there is mm. going to be the agents of bar. They're going to be their own sub faction. I, I'm just hoping that they've, done, you know, put some effort into that by, because again, yeah. they could have not made it. He could have just gone, here's Fabius bar, mm. here's his model. And he yeah. can, he can team up with Chaos Space Marines. It's like, well, yes, mm. obviously, but it's nice the fact they made him his own sort of sub faction when they didn't yeah. have to, is what I'm trying mm. to say. So, yeah. And I mean, th- to be fair, this does mean in future, presumably when ninth or 10th or whatever the hell comes around in <laughs> this year or next year, who knows when it'll happen. Um, basically, whenever there is a fully updated Chaos Space Marines codex for a new edition, that's going to be one of the things now. It's going to be agents mm. of bile. Yeah, and that's going to be cool. Like he's going to, he's going to, he's going to be as prominent as some of the traitor legions in mm. terms of like the focus on him rules wise, which is awesome. That'll be like, amazing because he deserves that. He's an yeah. important character. He's really, really cool. He's great. We spent the whole episode talking him up. Of course, you know that by now. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I'm glad that they've sort of realised that. I mean, obviously, we've seen it with. The novels, you know, they're fact like I said, they're arguably mm. some of the best 40k novels in recent times. If you read them, and again, go out and read them. And and obviously, we've got the, the next one coming next month, hopefully. And yeah, mm. just it's just nice to have someone else that's not just the usual sort of players out there. It's like, yeah, get Fabius Bile in there. They've up, they've updated his model. It's looking cool. You can have his cool mm. little faction. And like you said, yeah. it's just not, then like I said, it becomes a permanent sort of layer. Mm. You know, in in future Chaos Space Marine stuff, that would be that'd be a Mm. real good thing if that happens but um yeah we'll see hopefully soon um because i'm are we are we sort of presuming it's next or are we thinking engine war would be Um, the next one well engine war is meant to be next Mm. and then and then war of the spider Mm. but they haven't really talked a lot about engine war recently which does have me worried because chaos knights are in there and i want to know what's coming for them because that's cool um Mm. right but like I think I think what it is is that we've all already seen all the new models for Engine Wars. It's all the new Admech stuff, right? They've yes. shown that off. They've shown off some of the rules. They've done like a little. They did like a thing about that, mm-hmm. and um, they've done they've done the stories, the short stories that were coming out for all the Psychic Awakenings. They've done those for Engine War, and we ha- but we haven't heard anything for Imperial Knights, Chaos Knights, or Chaos Demons. <laughs> Like what's yeah. coming for them in Engine War, and I really want to know. Yeah. I really want to know. But instead, they're going, well, "Here's Fabius Bile, here's Pariah." I'm like, "Yes, yes, those are super cool and important. I want to know about this as well." <laughs> um, which maybe they'll show us more at the next one. There's apparently going to be more reveals at the start of May, so not mm-hmm. too far away. A couple of weeks yeah. more, and we'll know when when more reveals are coming. Um, but yeah, for for now. It honestly kind of feels like they might shove Engine War down. I think they'll keep Pariah as the last one. That feels like a good mm. ending point in terms yeah, of I agree. addressing yeah. all that. Um, it seems like the culmination, especially because the Inquisitor from the start of Psychic Awakening is making an appearance in what is presumably the end of Psychic Awakening, which is cool. 
Um, yeah, so we'll see. But for now, I'm I'm happy with more Bill. He's so cool. I just want to know <laughs> yeah. what's up more with More Bill, please. <laughs> yeah. Bill, please. Bill, please. No. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, yeah, let's mm. fingers crossed we get some at least some of the things that we're hoping with him. So hopefully, mm. you know, between this and obviously the uh, main topic, you have know a bit more about Fabius Ball and why he is one of the coolest 40K characters around. And he's going to be around for a long time because he keeps cloning yes. himself. So. <laughs> cool. Well, I think we should wrap up this episode. It's been a real pleasure because there's been mm-hmm. all these cool, exciting stuff to talk about. And hopefully long may that continue. Uh, right, mm-hmm. sir. Please tell me, where can people find you on the internet? Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, I'm... Not tweeting a whole bunch on there. I'm re- retweeting some stuff, but I'm relaxing. I don't need mm, to pay attention to the social media. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at realm underscore and underscore ruin, where I post hobby updates as and when I remember I have the Instagram app on my phone. Um, <laughs> honestly, if you want to see my stuff, check out the podcast Twitter. That's usually where it ends up. Um, how about yourself? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at NinjaBadger7. Again, I don't really use it that often because I'm spending most of my time Twitter-wise on our podcast one, which is at Realm and Ruin. And like Cameron said, you can find out on the cool things that we're doing. And yeah, mm. come and follow us. Come yeah. talk to us if you would like. Uh, and like I said, right at the start of the show, especially with this current climate, go join our Discord server. Link will be down in the show notes and chat mm. with cool other Warhammer-type people. Uh, yeah. Right, so, yeah, that's been episode 51. Uh, we've got some more exciting stuff to talk about in the next few episodes. Um, mm. Stay safe out there, everyone. And as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye-bye.